Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Entertainment Talks The Walking Dead's UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you doing? Uh, tired, but here. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah, for those of you who are not aware, David's been away for for a couple of weeks, uh, and now he's back, and we're ready to talk about this uh, series finale. Yes. Uh, season 11, episode 24, is called Rest in Peace. Fun fact, uh, Rest in Peace is the name, I don't know if it's the name of the final issue, but it's the name of the final volume for The Walking yes. Dead. I, I'm, I'm guessing that that was intentional. I don't know what the last compendium is called, because uh, for those of you who don't really know uh, comic books and stuff, which I've only really read sort of that one comic book anyway... Um, Usually you get uh, issues, which is like your very thin once a month um, thing. And then with with The Walking Dead, at least, you had six of those went into a volume. And there was, I'll look it up in a minute, uh, quite a few volumes. And then those volumes went into compendiums, which is the really, really big books. Um, So in terms of the last compendium and the last issue, I don't know what those were called, but I read them in volumes the whole way through. And the last one was uh, called The Same Thing, which I think is nice and is uh, quite fitting. So... Um, but yes, this is yeah, for totally. the series finale, season 11, episode 24, Rest in Peace. It is the ending, but not quite the ending. There's some things to discuss <laughs> there, of course. Um, I will be talking about a couple of particular things as well in a minute. There's some other stuff I've got saved for the series wrap-up that we'll hopefully do next week. Uh, anyway, that all aside, David, what did you think of the ending, in quotes, of uh, of The Walking Dead? Um, I, I was really satisfied with the ending. Lower death count than I thought there might be. Um, you know, because whilst we know there were a bunch of people that couldn't die, there were an awful lot that could. And they they actually were, were pretty swift in starting to kill people off, like like literally right off the bat of the start of the episode. Start of the episode. Um, a few characters survived which i thought they wouldn't and um yeah some so there was still some people around few people died um which i was kind of less concerned about none of the none of the really kind of major characters really um kind of went you know you you sort of your big main cast of your your Ezekiel's and I mean we knew Carol was probably okay but Ezekiel Gabriel Aaron um Jerry yeah all those guys all came through it so you know I I was kind of impressed that they didn't go for a sort of you know killing off the 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 major characters and I know some people may have an issue with that I mean they killed off a number of people that have been around a while, but no, they didn't. They didn't go for for like a really big name death, well, but with one exception, I guess, with Rosita. But um, 
yeah, I mean, overall, people came through it pretty well, I thought, you know. Um, whether that's a problem or not, I don't know. But, I mean, it does mean that at least those characters are around for them to use in the future if they want to do something more with them and bring them back. So, you know, there's that. Um, Plot-wise, I like the way they ended it. Ended with a big explosion, lots of zombies. You know, that was all good. Um, you, you, you got a nice guest appearance from a couple of characters at the end there. Uh, yeah, overall, I was I was pretty satisfied with how they left things. And, you know, obviously they were setting things up for the other spinoffs. But, you know, we knew that that was probably going to happen as well. I didn't think it was going to happen quite as blatantly <laughs> as it did. But, yes. Mm, yeah. Yeah, um, I I like the episode. I thought it had some things that really worked. It still left me with questions, but then those questions are designed to be answered in the spin-offs. Um, so I'm ready to reveal something. I talked a lot. This feels like it was like years ago, <laughs> almost at this point, when we did the um, preview podcast, the, the final episode's preview, and I'd I didn't said who they were, but I'd said at the time that there was two characters that I'd read about through you know online places there's plenty of them um two particular characters that were gonna die um and i said okay i'm not gonna like tease as to who they're gonna be or i'm not gonna tell that you you didn't want to know or whatever understandably um and even though it wasn't these characters will die it was like i'd read detailed scenes as to this happens to this character and they die this way and i was like okay it's a bit more like detailed and, and whatnot it wasn't just someone's predictions it was like and it was also laid out sort of um it will be in in like th- this episode and whatnot there, there there were some other little bits and pieces that I accidentally read as well um which didn't quite happen the exact same way I can kind of I can talk about those now because now there's no more episodes um I'm gonna make this a bit more fun instead of me just telling you who the two were who do you think they were well I mean do, what was it correct they one of them was one of them wasn't Ah, uh, interesting. Um, okay, so Ezekiel, maybe. Yes, one of them was Ezekiel. Yes, and I, I will. I will sort of half talk about his what what was written down for his because it relates to something in the comic book. But I'm going to talk about that more next week because I want to next week I want to do a bit of a ending comparison, bit of a deeper dive because today we'll just focus on reviewing the episode. And yeah. So okay, um, and Rosita, I guess would be the other one yeah she was the other one yeah um so the two things that i'd read um basically i i had read that ezekiel um well seeing as you know i had read that ezekiel got a comic book death of that other character do you remember you you said to me i can't remember if you said it on or off the air but you said to me that you know what happens to somebody don't say who that character's name is because i want to break it down a bit more next week right yes okay Yeah, yeah they got that and it was like detailed pretty much the exact same way the plotting would would have have to have been a bit different because of the situations with the two different characters um but i'd read that like oh it was this this same thing um and it had happened to ezekiel instead i was like okay not quite sure how that's going to work but it didn't end up happening Mm -hmm. with the rosita one i ended up reading that she was trying to climb a fence like a wooden fence um and that she um Coco still got away, but she got like, you know, when a character gets actually swarmed, 
by walkers and they right. don't get up from it. So that was similar. Um, and she she was near a wall because I I kept like this whole season. <laughs> uh, when we cut back to Rosita, I was like, okay, she's not near a wall right now, but no walkers <laughs> near her. Like it, it, like it was, it was in it was interesting to follow. I found it very interesting to follow, and I didn't know if they were or weren't going to happen. So I, it wasn't me like sitting there waiting for both deaths to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with with the with the uh, apparent Ezekiel one, obviously he didn't die. Um, I'll I'll break that down a bit more next week because there's some different sort of variables and whatnot. Um, I th- I think ultimately the death that she did get was better than the one that I'd read about because mm-hmm. it, it it gave a bit more finality to her character. Yeah. Um, and she she started like climbing that pipe. I was like, huh, this is a bit different, but still kind of like s- same scenario, but she's just not next to a wooden fence. And then like she didn't get swarmed, she climbed, and then like um that they revealed what happened late, and I was like, oh okay, that's that's a bit different to what I read. So mm. where where this random person on the internet got this information from, I have no idea. But um it ended up being about twenty five percent accurate, I would right. say. Yeah. So yeah. Um it, interestingly, again we won't talk about who the character is, but that specific other character death didn't the show didn't go anywhere near that scenario at all. Um, because the no. character who was supposed to do it uh, died uh, much earlier, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know if you can even do that now." So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, aside from that, um, so yeah, that's because uh, I've, I've been holding on to that information for ages, e- even before we did the uh, the preview. Um, I can't remember when it was I'd read about that. Um, but it was it, it was a while ago. Um, the I, I might as well talk about the other bit as well. The the other bit that I read, which also again fifty fifty kind of happened was that Rick and Michonne would come back in the final episode, but they would have an emotional reunion with Judith and RJ. They did come back, but they didn't interact with those two characters. So that was like 50-50 true. Um, So, and again, we have a Rick and Michonne spin-off series coming up. Uh, We're still all, obviously, I actually am hoping for, uh, you know, that that family to reunite itself. Um, Because seemingly Rick and Michonne themselves haven't met back up yet. We'll talk about that when we get towards the end. Um, but no, I thought the zombie stuff was good. I thought that the actual... It's interesting with this episode, right? Because it's almost like a... Because fo- usually when you hear, okay, this show that you're watching, which is mid-season, is getting a spin-off. And then they'll do what's normally called a backdoor pilot, which is they do a bottle episode focused on that one or two characters or whoever, and it will set up a scenario to where that character's going to leave the show. Mm-hmm. And then that character will leave a show like mid-season. I remember with Star Trek Discovery they did that, right? The Section Thirty-One thing. Yeah. Um, that that character sort of left halfway through, and I was like, oh, that's a bit of a backdoor pilot, maybe. Um, and then usually you then just get a normal season finale. This was kind of because in terms of the Daryl stuff, we had that set up, and in terms of the uh, Rick and Michonne, we had that teased at least. So this served as like a half backdoor pilot, half finale, because you could still look at, let's say, the rest of the characters like Aaron. Gabriel, you know, Ezekiel, Jerry, all, all those, they did have a settled sort of we're safe ending. Yeah. Um, so you did end the show, but it made it very deliberate that like, okay, there's, there's still a story to be continued, uh, which I think is what we we're mostly expecting. I was just kind of expecting um, like at some point, because I, I know you kind of had the conversation between, what was it, Annie and Negan, that was, that was her name? Mm-hmm. And she, you know, went for the baby scan, and it was like, oh, she, um, oh, we, we shouldn't s- settle down here or whatever she said. I was like, oh, okay, so they're starting to talk a little bit about that. Um, 
So that was that was interesting. But no, I thought it was a I thought it was a pretty good finale. I have a couple of quibbles about a couple of things, which we'll um, talk about more in the recap. Um, but yeah, so I was surprised by a couple of deaths. I was surprised that Luke went. Um, wasn't really surprised that Jules went. That was like very very quick, as you as you mentioned. Um, but Luke's yeah. going was was a bit of a shame. Um, it's interesting because he was so the reason he was away from the show for so long he did those Fantastic Beasts films didn't he I think there yes. was three of them maybe mm-hmm. um, Ezra Miller's also in those aren't, aren't they I think um, <laughs> yeah. so okay. yeah, yeah uh, which is also Warner Brothers <laughs> isn't it um, but because uh, I don't think I don't know because I don't really know the status of that um, franchise I, I know I, I've read a lot of things about like Warner Brothers wants more Harry Potter but not necessarily Fantastic Beasts, so I don't know. Like, can he go back to that in some way, shape, or form? Or like, I don't know. Will it? Will he just move on to something else? Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Th- there's some other stuff to talk about with Rosita and then with Maggie and Negan definitely. But we'll uh, we'll save that for the recap, which we should get into. Um, but no, I I liked the finale. I thought it was good. A um, couple of things that weren't quite so great with it, but overall, I was. Uh, you know, and you sort of you you realize like you know when you get to those last five minutes, you're like this this is it. That they're, they're they're wrapping up to their final scenes, the final shot. Um, I don't know about you or like other listeners and that, but sometimes when you are watching a finale and you know it's the end, you're like, okay, what 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 have you? Because it's chosen obviously, like, okay, we wanted to end the show with this scene and this shot. Like, what are those two choices going to be? So I thought that was uh interesting as well. Um, initially with the ending. I was like, okay, what the hell's going on here? And then because we had a bit more time to think about this episode, it makes a bit more sense. But I still, there's, there's still deliberately questions there, isn't there? But mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, we should get into some housekeeping and then the recap. We'll see you for all that in a minute. Yeah. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is UK. That's E-T-A-L-K. UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. 
Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcast and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice so if you if there's a tv show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it we can watch two episodes of that tv show or film review so it's one of either of those per month of course if you continue subscribing each month you can pick a tv show then a film the next month and so on and so forth this is a great way to support entertainment talk get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening back to the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, you're only going to get the Walking Dead podcast this week from, uh, from from Entertainment Talk at least anyway. I'm doing overtime all week at work and I won't have much time to uh, record other stuff. But uh, we'll be back swinging with some other episodes next week as well. I finished God of War Ragnarok for example, but uh, I'll be reviewing that next week. Uh, but podcasts we have done this recent week, um, we did another Gaming Talk episode, we talked about Hogwarts Legacy, there's a 45 minute uh, showcase which is on their YouTube channel, if you search for Hogwarts Legacy you should be able to find that uh, they took a tour of the castle very selective tour of the castle, they said they wanted to avoid spoilers and that t- sort of stuff um, they uh, went through the character customization and they showed off a bit of combat so uh, all of it looked pretty good from what they teased and what they showed uh, we always talked about The Witcher 3 as well, it's going to be getting a free uh, next gen update so for ps5 and series x um on the i think it's the 15th of december and it's gonna have some netflix content and all that type of thing so uh that's been anticipated for a while obviously they've been working on cyberpunk as well so that's from cg project red and we also talked about the uh the callisto protocol um why was it that we talked about that oh yes the the season uh season pass that they've put out has got some animations that are not hidden behind a paywall per se, but that there's some discussion behind that. Uh, there's also new like Callisto Protocol trailer and that sort of stuff. So we talked about all of that. Uh, over on the film reviews and films preview side of things, I did a preview podcast for Avatar The Way of Water. It's going to be out December 15th or something like that uh, in just under a month or so, about two weeks time. Uh, so I did a preview podcast for that. They put out three trailers so far. So I talked about what we have and haven't seen from that trailer and also talked about you know he's filmed what avatar 3 4 and 5 as well i think um so a lot of money a lot of money on the line with those with those films are not cheap so uh yeah good luck with all that james cameron um did a bunch of film reviews last week as well one of them was for a film called smile it's a horror film and gave that a must-see rating the the lighter side of the must-see rating did a spoiler free spoiler split review for that but that's the horror film where people smile and do um scary stuff basically so there's all that uh did a don't skip review for enola holmes 2 is the sequel obviously to enola holmes with the returning cast such as henry cavill as sherlock holmes and millie bobby brown as enola holmes herself those are both available on netflix both of those films uh did a review finally for a24's x uh it's a, it's a horror film 
as well. A bit different to much different to Smile and all that type of stuff. Uh, gave that a musty rating, so I very much enjoyed that. And also finally did a don't skip review for Don't Worry Darling, which if you're familiar with the MCU, uh, Florence Pugh is in there. Harry Styles is in there. You got Brad Pitt. You've got uh, Gemma Chan, of course, from like Humans and Eternals. Um, and who was the other one? Uh, Olivia Wilde, who also directed as well. So talked about all of that. Um, over on Gaming Talk, the previous week we talked about the Game of the Year nominations, not not our Game of the Year nominations, but the official Jeff Keighley hosted show Game of the Year nominations. That'll be in about a week's time uh, on the 8th of November, sorry, 8th, 8th of November, 8th of December, so we talked about all that. Uh, we talked about Xbox's future as well, some bits and pieces from there, and also talked about interviews within the industry. So we didn't interview somebody, but we talked about interviews and that type of stuff as well. Uh Small little film that came out recently, which I very much enjoyed. A strong, must-see review for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, obviously, a huge, huge film for the MCU. It's one of the, one of the more big sort of checkpoint films uh, for the MCU. It's talked about all of that. Um, and yeah, there's no football happening. Well, there is obviously, but there's no uh, Man United football <laughs> happening at the moment. So uh, no, no, you know, uh, United cast at the moment. So that's all that. Anyway, uh, that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into not some news, that's gaming talk. Let's get into the recap. Alright, picking up where family left off, we learned whether or not Judith joined uh, Mum Laurie in the afterlife. Uh, she didn't, which was very good. It's interesting because there was such a like sort of concern over, mm-hmm. uh, not just from us two, but from, from other people as well. Uh, in terms of, you know, would she, would she live, would she die, would, would AMC make another silly decision? Uh, they very quickly kind of answered that, didn't they, which was which was good. Um, the episode started uh, with Luke and Jules being bitten as our heroes fought through the walkers that had cornered them in the Commonwealth's alley. Uh, as she was eaten alive, that must be very painful, um, uh, he was rushed to the hospital, the same one where Judith was uh, put in as well. Himiko Magna... Uh, Connie and Kelly, uh, his harmonica, um, before uh, succumbing to the injuries he'd sustained in the attack and subsequent amputation. They attempted to cut off his his leg, but uh, he had too much, um, lost too much blood. Um, It was interesting with Luke's death. I mean, I've got some issues still with with parts of the way that Rosita died. Um, I thought the actual, like, send-off for her was good, but, like, the, the other stuff... With Luke, it was... I don't know if it was the way the zombie set piece was, was like, filmed. Because, obviously, like, Jules, okay, she's gone into the crowd. Like, you're not really going to be pulling her out of that, right? Um, Yeah. And then... um, Because I'm trying to kind of think back a bit to the episode. I don't know if they showed Luke being bit or that, like, they pulled him in and then realised. And then they've got Judith on this other bed with um, Daryl and uh, Carol around her because they're trying to do this blood transfusion thing with Daryl. Luke's like across was he across the room or something and mm-hmm. like the bed is absolutely just covered in blood and um they showed like okay his legs gone because they showed like a, a, a bit of a not really a bird's eye view but an over the top shot of of him. It's like oh his legs gone and uh are they going to like amputate it? And Maybe it should have been... Maybe I should have, like, looked at the bed more closely and thought, okay, there's a lot of blood there, so maybe he isn't going to make it. <laughs> and then the, the, the characters... um, The characters around, like, started getting all, like, really, really emotional. I was like, wait a minute, are they killing Lukov here? 
And then it, the more and more they started stopping, I was like, oh, they're killing off Luke here. Yeah. Um, it's like, wow, okay. Um, yeah, like, I just, I don't know. It was, I don't know if they were trying to, I don't know, because there, well, there was a lot of blood there, but um, I kind of I just looked at the scene, because I was, I was trying to look on him, like, okay, has he got a bite mark somewhere else that I, like, like, I can't see or something? Um, but no, they amputated his leg, and he just he died from from blood loss, I suppose. Um, but it was, I don't know, it was a little bit of the way that they shot the scene. Um, and may, maybe it was supposed to be kind of a, a sort of oh he's he's like suddenly on the bed, he, his leg's gone, and he's lost loads of blood, and put put those two and two together. Um, but then the, the realization came in for me when it was like oh how, how emotional the other characters are being around him. I was like oh Luke's gonna gonna die. Um, what did you think of Luke's death? Yeah, it, I, I know what you mean. It, it because we've seen that happen a couple of times before, where you know somebody's got bitten, they've amputated the limb, and they've managed to control it, and you know. But it, it, it equally it goes to show that that's not a a guaranteed procedure. I mean, right. they've got away with it a couple of times before with Aaron and with um, who was the one that they did it to quite recently as well, Lydia. Um, Lydia yeah. And, you know, they've done it with other characters before where they've chopped off limbs. And, you know, so they've but but it's not a guaranteed thing that it will mm-hmm. managing to to, you know, chop off a limb. He's, I mean, it's it's a dangerous thing to do. And yes, he was in a hospital. But I mean, he he got attacked. He got, you know, bitten. And yeah, it's it's just I look at the draw really and how quickly they can get you and where you're being bitten. And I mean, you know, there's a difference between chopping off an arm and a leg. So, you know, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I think it's fair that they actually didn't, you know, just go, Oh, you can chop off a limb and you'll be fine. You know, um, which is sort of what's happened the last couple of times. It goes to show that that isn't a guaranteed solution to things. You know, just chopping off the limb and everything will be okay. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm sad to lose Luke, but you know, he's in, the, the the show's ending uh, anyway. So, you know, it's not like the actor's going to be out of work. You know, he's got other gigs. I'm sure lined up. He's got. I'm sure there are other things he could he could appear on. And as uh, I say, the show's ending anyway. So it's not like you know we we've seen characters be killed off needlessly before um mm. so i i think this was fine you know um it made sense it it gave them something of a bit more of a sort of motivation they needed to lose some people out of that group and luke's one of the more minor characters i think that you mm. can lose out of the sort of you know the main character. cast yeah because <laughs> yeah yeah barely been on the show Recently. Yes, because he's yeah certainly recently because of his other commitments he's barely been in the show. So I think mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely fair that you know that's the character that they they go for for killing off. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I mean he got a better send off than his girlfriend. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just like bye, disappeared into a crowd at crowd of walkers. Mm. I've noticed before with the show, like when they do a death that's that gruesome, I don't. I can't recall a main character, or, or I know she was a named character, but like a main character that's had a death that's been that bad. 
um like when you get actually ripped apart um I was kind yeah. of thinking, like, can nobody turn around and just shoot her? Like, no, nobody at all kind of thing? Just because, I don't know, it's, it's, I, I know it's a intense, high-risk situation, but still. So, um, but I, 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 if it was a choice between you have this actually quite decent send-off for Luke, or he never comes back and just disappears, I'd rather have this. Um, yeah. Because if you, if you don't intend to use the character again anyway... Um, then I'd I'd rather have this than just he never came back in in the first place. So, mm-hmm. um, I will say as well was that something I didn't quite mention in the in in the pre talk stuff. There was some real highlights of acting I thought in this episode, which yeah. like we've said we've said before about the cast and the people the the way the characters have been cut, like the people that have been cast as the characters, um, has been very very good and very very accurate as well. Like surprisingly accurate to a to to, to a comic book. Um, especially like looks wise as well. I mean, you don't, you don't have to look exactly like the character, but I've done a shockingly good job of that. Um, but there was a few points in this episode where I thought the acting was up a notch, and this was kind of that that group reaction to him. I thought was uh, one of those points. Um, there's a few others throughout the episode as well, but that was that was one of those points. So that was that was good. Um, so yeah, that's uh, Luke gone. Unfortunately, uh, in the bed next to Luke, an unconscious Judith was given a transfusion by Daryl, who knew he was a universal donor. It says, uh, owing to Mel having him uh, forced to sell his uh, blood for money as a kid, because um, they had obviously not a, not a great childhood, the two of them. If you remember mm-hmm. Mel from all the way back from seasons one to three, that was a long time ago. Um, played by uh, what's his name, Michael Rooker. Yeah, from um, he's been in like Guardians of the Galaxy. Michael sort of Rooker, the the yes. amazing. Yes, the amazing Michael Rooker. There is a uh, the, the, if you look on the uh, Geek Town YouTube channel, there is an interview at Wales Comic Con with Michael Rooker, who completely destroys and disrupts the entire interview. It is one of the most hilarious things I've been to. Uh, I would advise you to go and check that out. It was for a, a Guardians thing, and he just takes over, and it, it, it's really, really funny. Um, he's nice. a wonderfully funny guy. So yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, bit of a callback to him. Uh, when the youngster awakened, she admitted to Daryl in her delirium that she couldn't die because Michonne was searching for Rick and the whole family was supposed to reunite someday. Uh, well, we know we know that uh, Rick and Michonne currently can't die. But um, in terms of Judith, there, there, there was questions on the table, I'll say last week, the week before, yeah. kind of, um, about like, hey, back in seasons one, one to eight, we never thought Carl could die. Um yep. and you know a bit different show, different era for the show, different showrun, all that type of stuff. But yeah, it, it, it was. I think that there wasn't a pre, there was a previous era where I think you would look at the Walking Dead and you think, okay, Rick, Rick and Carl at least are always going to be here. And neither of the, I know Rick's not dead, but neither of the two of them have been on the show for some time. So that was, I, I think that, that that alerted us a bit more to like, okay, we. Judith is like the character at the top that you don't expect to die, but she mm-hmm. still could. There's other characters we didn't think yeah. were going to die necessarily, but she she could. Um, but luckily, she she did survive the episode. I was kind of of the mindset that like because she was sort of what passed out by the end of the, the previous episode, and I thought, okay, as soon as she's awake and she's talking and she's all right, we'll be fine from there on out. Because one one other thing I thought of was like, I don't see, I I didn't see it. And it didn't happen, obviously. A scenario where, let's say, she wakes up from her wound and she recovers and then dies from something else. I I always kind of yeah. thought, like, okay, once she wakes up from the gunshot wound and all that and recovers and is speaking and walking and all that, 
that that will be like the, the safe point, I suppose. Um, and that yes. they they messed around a little bit with like oh she she passes out again at one point in the scene and Daryl runs out of the hospital with her. So it's a very like you know heroic mm. uncle uh, uncle Daryl <laughs> type of type of scene. Yeah. Um, but no, they they handled this uh, this this pretty well. So, uh, but yes, Judith's awake. Uh, what do you think of this scene? Yeah, I mean it's it's good. It's a nice callback to Merle of sort of Daryl's traumatic childhood actually coming around and doing good you know because if Merle hadn't made him sell his blood he wouldn't know he was a universal donor and then you know so he wouldn't have known he could save Judith so mm-hmm. that's that's actually kind of quite a nice little touch that they put in there and I kind of agree with you as well I think you know it would have been appalling had they woken her up from this and they'd had to die somewhere later on from something um you know, that would have been really done for shock value. Plus, I think it's also difficult that we know that Rick and Michonne are presumably going to find each other in this, you know, spin-off story. And I for mean, them, they have to. What then... else are you doing? <laughs> well, exactly. You know, so presumably that's going to happen. And when you get to the end of that and they come back and then find out Judith is dead, that's a real downer to end that story on. So... You know, I think the right decision to make sure that you kept, kept her alive. I know uh, they played with it a bit, and I think they played with it just reasonable enough to make us doubt, yeah. which I, I, I think that was that was fair enough, and I think they made the right decision, you know, because they played with it with her being sort of, you know, the remaining Grimes. I mean, yes, there's RJ as well, but, I mean, you know, they, they she has been the sort of embodiment of the Grimes family in the show, really, much more than RJ, who's been criminally underused and uh i i so i think yes they played with it a bit but ultimately she was fine and i think that was the right choice you know so i Mm -hmm. i I think they they did a good job handling that i think yeah we've tried to guess um uh judith's age before um she's kind of like that sort of early last of us one age like 13 14 or so yeah, because um, I, th- I think that's around the actual age of of Kaylee herself. Um, how old do you think RJ is? Ten, maybe hmm. eight, something like that. Yeah. Well, when when he was introduced, we had the six year time jump, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, and it's been about two seasons since since then, so somewhere between eight and ten, maybe. Yeah. So roughly. Yeah, somewhere between eight and ten, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so there we go. Um yeah, right, and, move, oh go on. Uh and Kaylee Fleming's yeah, Kaylee Fleming's fifteen, so playing a sort of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year old. I I suspect the character's supposed to be fourteen, fifteen anyway. Yeah at, the, at that point, so mm-hmm. again that sort of Ellie Last of Us one age. Mm-hmm. Uh after uh, Rosita, Gabriel, and Eugene at last found Coco and the other kids, their gateway uh, ambulance was surrounded by walkers. To escape, they shimmied up a pipe and manoeuvred themselves in a window uh, with babies strapped to them nonetheless. Uh, last one up was Rosita, who fell back into the undead in slow motion, Zack Snyder style. Um, I miss Zack Snyder's DC films. Um, <laughs> then uh, b- uh, Burst Free. Um, yeah, Burst Free got on top of the ambulance and jumped all the way uh, to the pli- pipe to, to achieve climb to safety, basically, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is where I started thinking, like, okay, not the exact same scenario that I'd read, 
But she is surrounded by walkers. She is a character who I'd read about being potentially in danger. Um, and I did kind of think, okay, they do that slow motion like she's fallen off and she's landed. Are they going to have like... Because the, zombie, the zombies do like... I don't really know how she quite got away there. Obviously she didn't technically, but she didn't get eaten. She didn't get eaten the same way that Jules did, right? Like where, she, where you mm-hmm. literally just get pulled into a crowd and you can't get away. Um... So, yeah, we don't find out until a little bit later. There's a, a, in a couple of paragraphs time that uh, she uh, got, I think it was on the shoulder or something. That, yeah. Uh, a part where you can't cut it off. That she got bitten. Um, How am I going to explain my, uh, my, 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 my small problem with the scene that I, I don't know that, like... Okay, so all, all, all three of them have got babies. Obviously, you want the children to survive. In the writer's room... And with these characters, I would have thought... I'm not saying you prioritise one baby over the others, but in terms of our connection to those children and the fact that one of these... um, Because the the other two babies, I think, were... They were just, like, random survivors' babies, weren't they? They Mm -hmm. weren't, like, ones that we knew. Yeah. I would have... Like, for for within, within this trio... You've got Eugene with a with a baby, um, Gabriel and Rosita. I would have thought that they'd let Rosita go first. And as soon as, soon as they got to that bit and they started climbing... Because I think, I think it's Gabriel that climbs first, then Eugene, then Rosita. And I immediately thought, okay... um, Why didn't they let Rosita climb first? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of see the sense of maybe making one of the guys go up first so you've got somebody at the top that can pull the others up that that sort of makes sense but yes you would have thought that one of the other guys would be like no you go next rather than leaving her but then i mean it is a it was a fairly frantic situation as well so yeah. I, I yeah maybe there's an excuse for it but yes i i i could sort of see what you're saying mm. there who, as well who do you think of the three of them would be the slowest climber i would have thought possibly eugene would have been the slower you, you would have thought yes eugene and you would have thought maybe gabriel go up first and eugene would come up last but i you know because yeah. him not wanting to go up and leave rosita behind but mm. again it's that sort of well it's a it's this sort of frantic situation and it depends who's nearest the pipe and who's in the way and so i mean i don't know maybe there was a reason for it but you could argue that there was you know positioning and that's possibly why but Mm. um because rosita also had the baby strapped to her as well (laughs) you know well i mean they all had baby kids didn't they but i mean you know she had her own baby she had coco strapped to her um but equally, the fact that she had Coco strapped to her, I think, is one of the thing, reasons why she got out from under that group because it's sort of the mama protecting her child sort of thing. Mm. You know, she's like, no, I'm not going to let my child go out this way and finds the strength to push them off and, and get out, even though she, we find out later she was bitten. But um, I mean, that was the only thing that struck me as, at that point was if she's got away from, the, from this completely free that's a bit weird so i wasn't overly surprised when they when they had that reveal later oh she was at um because mm-hmm. you know she fell straight into a horde and it, it would seem weird if she got completely out of that without any you know 
scratches yeah, or any, no scratches you know, I mean, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My my one because when 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 she fell, I was like, okay, maybe maybe this is where she dies. Because I remember mm -hmm. this whole time I've had it on my mind that she dies in a specific way, but still that she could die. My worry at that point was like, okay, she's falling into a crowd of walkers. That's very, very bad. But not only is she is falling, but her yes. child is. And I was like, okay, um, it is it's acceptable and okay if you do it in the right way. If you if you kill off Rosita, obviously they did. But if they'd have taken the bit, you know, if, if they'd have done yeah. some sort of scene where like these these walkers completely crowd her and then take both of them, essentially, that would have I I, I would have completely disliked that. So, yeah, I um, think it would have been a difficult thing to sell. I, I think the fact that she had the baby strapped to her not only makes sense for giving the character the strength to be able to get out of that situation, it also, from the show's point of view, I think having a baby eaten by zombies strapped to its mother, you, they would have then had to have found some way of rescuing, of having Rosita kind of pop back up and hand the baby off. Because you can't do that. <laughs> you, I, I, you know, I, that would have been really horrific. If Because they've been chasing Coco for like four episodes. And yeah. had she fallen off and with Coco strapped to her, not got back up and the both of them have been eaten. I think that would have been really quite horrific. So, um, I mean, not that they can't do horrific things on this show. But, but yeah, I think that would have been a bit of a stretch too far for the viewing public to have Coco be eaten along with the mother after they've spent so long trying to rescue them. Mm. So yeah, I, I you know, I, I I think balanced it reasonably well there. Mm -hmm. uh, a small piece of news connected to this actually, uh, obviously we had the Rosita scene later to talk about. Um, Christian Serratos who is the, the actual actress uh, had requested that they um that she like she wanted to move on, because um, I, I assume there was then a conversation at some point of like okay maybe you know you're doing all these spin-offs, did you want to do anything with my character? Maybe it was a no answer. Um, I mean I don't know what would have exactly happened, but um, she she then requested to uh, be off of the show, uh, which obviously wasn't posted until after the episode came out. But uh, um, that that makes a certain amount of sense, and I I, I think. Even though I've got my little thing about that, okay, maybe she should have climbed first and all that sort of stuff. The way that they did, did, did the scenes afterwards, which we'll talk about in a minute, I thought was done quite well. So, like, I mean, in terms of like deaths in this type of in this type of universe, again, you have to look at our world and their world differently because it just functions so differently. The way that Rosita did end up going out is one of the better ways that you certainly can, apart instead of you know the way Jules went out, for example. So, um, I I thought they did. Uh, um, did did justice by her with with that, I suppose. Because um, again, you've kind of got that thing of, um, I mean, you could, you could have done it differently to where okay, she survives, but we just never see Rosita again. But um, I don't know if like if AMC, I don't know, in five ten years time does another show and they want to get back to the main group or something, um, she would have still been in, been there. So maybe she she didn't want that option to be to be open or something. Um, I don't know if you read anything about about any of that. Um, no, I didn't see anything specifically about that. Um, but it sort of makes sense if the, if if she's at a point where she's like, I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to have the opportunity to be pulled back into, right. um, 
the the show i want to make sure i can move on uh, you know that sort of makes sense that that maybe they uh, she requests you know kill me off that way i'm not tempted to come back <laughs> you know hmm yeah the funny thing with that is though and i've seen a few other people suggest but we've talked about this potential idea before now that you do have and it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be a tales episode not that anybody knows what that show is but um if you did some sort of like mini spin-off if you did want to go to the story of abraham um eugene rosita she would still be alive for that so it would it wouldn't be yeah where, where the show is so if you ever if they ever did exercise that opportunity like if they called you know michael codlitz back and obviously um uh what's what's eugene's name jo- uh josh mcdermott um yeah if they'd like spoke to the three of them and said hey do you want to do like it could be like a one-off episode or something um you could still do that but then that that would still not be them saying hey christian we've got like this five-year thing that you know rosita has to do now or something so um if they did decide to do that episode it would be something very short term anyway so um i know over with netflix i've I've only seen like a, a two episodes or something she did the um selena did that that musical thing on on netflix i don't know if that's still going or if she's still doing that i haven't seen anything about that in a while um i think i had like a couple of seasons because i remember when that came out and there was a few fans suspecting like, oh is she, is she going to be killed off um do you know what i'm talking about she she did like a biopic dramatization thing as uh selena that that singer um uh, end, ended up on netflix she was the actual main um yeah character. i'm not sure Okay, um, but yeah, I don't know if that's still go- going if, or if she wants to do that again or something. Um, but no, that's the, the first part of what we have here with, with Rosita. Um, anyway, let's go to, over to Maggie. Since Maggie continued to reject Negan's offer to team up to take out Pamela, he set off uh, to do it himself, carrying the absolutely enormous sniper rifle. That thing would be very, very powerful, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which, is the, which is the idea. Um when Maggie stopped him, he explained that he nearly uh, that that nearly being executed with um, Annie made him realize how Maggie must have felt when he murdered Glenn before her eyes. Uh, Negan could never give back to her what he took from her and Herschel, um, but he was sorry and wanted to assassinate Pamela for her. Um, I think they did some. Uh, I think we got another. Have we got another Maggie bit to talk about later? Yes, there is a bit later. Yeah, yeah, because I wanted to talk about how that kind of ends uh but we'll we'll get to that in a bit um i thought it was cool seeing him carry that massive sniper because that would be a very heavy gun a very powerful gun so um i've known the name of that gun at a certain point but um i can't remember what it's called now obviously every gun's got a name but that that would be like a massive 50 caliber sort of like yeah big sniper rifle obviously used to take out pamela um i i really liked a lot of the development that they did um with especially that negan Maggie relationship in this episode and mm-hmm. this was a good kind of build up to, to what happens later. Uh, what do you think of this initial moment when he's talking about uh, you know, the the scenario he was just in as opposed to the one with uh, with Glenn? Yeah, it's that, this is sort of an interesting thing because I hadn't thought about it at the time but yeah, it, it makes perfect sense that he would be reflecting on that when he was kind of put on his knees and they brought Annie out and they were going to execute Annie and he would afterwards be reflecting on that going oh crap that's what I did and how that made him feel so I think that's an interesting little bit that they they worked in there and it makes perfect sense that 
you know, he, he being put in that exact scenario by somebody else and being completely out of control and also being lied to about it, you know, the sort of unexpectedly get Annie and he gets put in the line of fire that I, yeah, I, I, I rather like that. I think that worked really well. So Negan comes across as very genuine at this point and it does set things up nicely for, you know, the, the little bit later on and also their spin off as well. You know, it makes slightly more sense that there is an uneasy piece, let's say, between the two characters. Mm, yeah. Um and yet again I'll I'll reference this again. When I've when we've gotten to these types of scenes with uh, particularly with Negan, these are the types of moments and types of bits of development that for me make Negan a more interesting character with more layers mm. to him because um, it, it, it's like there, there's different types of villains that can be interesting to watch because you've got you've got your like really horrible villains that you can't wait to die like your Joffreys or your Ramses or whatever because you're like oh you're, you're despicable and you're horrible and you need to die as soon as possible and then you've got other villains um, like, like a Thanos or something where it's like okay you don't agree with the way he's doing things, but what he's doing actually makes some amount of sense. But he's like, you know, uh, very entertaining to watch and very like charismatic and all that. Obviously, that's Josh Brolin's uh, performance. Um, and they come across as they just have more depth to them. Because um, mm-hmm. I I know in things like let's say I know it's a very different, but something like Ratchet and Clank or Crash Bandicoot or something where you've got Doctor Nefarious in Ratchet and Clank. He's like, hey, I just want to take over the world and that that's that's it just because yeah. I, I, I just want power and that's it. Or, or in uh, Crash Bandicoot, not that he can say much to Neocortex, but when Neocortex is like, hey, I want to, I want, you know, I want you to get all the crystals for me so I can have this massive powerful thing and take over the world and, you know, twirl, twirly mustache thing and all that. Yeah. Um, th- th- those villains are fine in their own context. Like, I'm not taking anything away from those characters, but Negan, somebody like Negan is so much more than that. And he he does have this fine line where, um, I mean, we, we talk about, like, vigilantes and anti-heroes, right? You people like Batman or Arrow or, you know, may- may- maybe a bit of, like, Daredevil, that, that, those types of characters. I wouldn't really... He's in, like, almost his own category, Negan, where... Obviously, it's not really a vigilante because that doesn't really apply to this show. But um, he's not quite—he's not quite a hero. He's not quite a villain. He's not quite really an anti-hero. He's somewhere like strangely in between, like this grey area where okay, he's done some bad things and he's killed people, but there is there's become over his development, there's become more redeeming qualities about him, and he's become a uh, an even better character. So, um, but what, what do you think of so far? What they've done with uh, with Negan? <clears throat> including this. Yeah, I mean, I think you can call him an anti-hero. I mean, you know, you degree, look at yeah. characters, you look at characters like Punisher, maybe, who is sort of a pretty typical kind of anti-hero. Um, I, I mean, he's a villain. I don't know. He, yeah, he's maybe, he's a sort of anti-hero character now, but he's more a sort of villain that turned good. And there are a lot of those that are scattered around comic books and, and, you know, TV shows and stuff. So I, I, yeah, I think it it is an archetype, but um, they've, they've made it convincing, I think. And I I know what you mean about villains that 
are very one-dimensional. You know, your your typical sort of Bond villain that you know he's mustache twirling and wants to take over the world. Yeah. You know, the the old Bond villains are, are very much in that vein, whereas they tried to be much more nuanced in more recent times, and they're being you know, I mean, Thanos is the is you say the obvious example of a sort of character who is is bad but for the right reasons uh you know because i mean thanos wasn't wrong <laughs> he, he just went about it the wrong way yeah, Whereas, wrong and, um, and you know as we've said before many times with negan it's one of those things that had we been following negan's group from the start we would have seen rich group as the as the evil ones because they just turned up and murdered a bunch of people you know at the request of somebody else i mean there, there are there are nuances to the negan's backstory um mm-hmm. and yeah I, I and i think the way they've played it has has put him in a in a really interesting position and makes him a really interesting character so yeah and and a lot of that is down to jesper's performance of it as well oh fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. he's Absolutely. he's really good and it was yeah it was I think this is a scene that needed to happen and it, and it it lays things out nicely, I think, for, you know, the scene later on and, you know, the spin-off that we know is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, you think about, you know, everything we just discussed, everything the show's done, it's good that Kirkman himself, because don't forget the book came before the show, um, that Kirkman himself chose to not kill off Negan because if he did, I assume the show would have followed the same thing and we would have lost Negan a long time ago um so he saw obviously before everybody else because he's the one that wrote it um probably with the aid of Charlie Adlard who who he does credit a, a ton in the in the book as well um I said you know he, he would have noticed something with Negan and that's where that's where that difference sort of came in because at, at that point with The Walking Dead it was kind of find a new place villain pops up villain destroys place kill villain find a new place rinse and repeat and then Negan came along and he didn't kill him and then things sort of changed. So uh, that was very good. Uh, during a rare moment of peace, Rosita v- revealed to Eugene that, yep, when she'd fallen earlier, a walker had uh, sunk its teeth into her. She didn't want everyone else to know yet. Um, meanwhile, after Tommy, remember him, operated on Judith, it appeared that she was going to be okay, which is all very good. Uh, she was even well enough to, to apologise to Daryl for keeping from him that Michonne had set off in search of Rick. Um, that part I didn't quite... I didn't have a problem with it. But I was like, well, okay, fine. Because um, she, she had she had it in her mind that like... She felt the need to apologise to Daryl. Because he didn't go off to look for Rick. Um, I had no real strong feelings on that one way or the other. I was sort of... Okay, I don't think you need to apologise for that. But that's fine. Um... But uh, yeah, this this scene uh, just before that, obviously with Rosita and Eugene, because um, he's one of the longer term characters that's known her for a long, long time. I mean, Gabriel's known her for a while. Other people have, but her and Eugene go obviously all the way back to the the Abraham days. Um, so th- having a moment between them, and even though I've still got my issues with Eugene as a character, they didn't really come across in that scene, which was which was good. Um, and again, I thought Christian and uh, or Christian and um, Josh played this very well. And uh, you've had a couple of deaths like this in the show where it's like character knows that they're going to be bitten, and then they sort of like get put down in in a certain way. Um, I mean, heck, that's what happened with with Carl. Even though he looked a bit yeah. more worse for wear in in his scene, it was still kind of the same thing where he gets a chance to 
have his goodbyes and whatnot. Um, so let's break this down like sort of piece by piece. Uh, what do you think of the Rosita Eugene scene that we've got here? Yeah, it's it's very sweet that you know it's it's Eugene that she actually entrusts with this and uh, the information and you know it, it's Eugene clearly loves Rosita. I mean, you know, might not be with her, but they're they're clearly very very close. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I thought that was a very sweet scene. She trusts Eugene. You know, and I, I really like what they did there. And it sort of makes sense that they're celebrating They, you know, they they were about or they're, they're at a point where there's nothing they can do about it. She's not going to turn immediately. So you, there's no need to tell everybody else yet. They can deal with it after, mm. you know, the everything has sort of been resolved to, you know, they, they, it's something they can deal with later um so yeah there's there's that uh the uh yeah judith we've talked about already i mean you know her being okay was good the apologizing to daryl for keeping the fact that michonne had gone in search of rick i i thought that was kind of quite sweet and interesting because you know she was more in some respects i think it's because the character judith Hmm. seems feels that it it was selfish of her to keep that information because she was worried that if she had said you know michonne's gone after rick daryl would then have gone and she didn't want daryl to go right so you know i i i sort of get that and she you know i get why she she felt the need to apologize for that i mean yeah it makes sense to me yeah, no, it was that, that was just it was just fine with me really. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, but she felt the need to apologize, so so she did. Um, at the estates, Pamela was having her troopers literally shoot people off the off the Commonwealth gates uh, any time they attempted to climb over. Uh, when Mercer, Daryl, and Co. Li- literally almost like everybody, uh, as well as a bunch of troopers who didn't like the taste of government's Kool Aid, intervened and arrested her. Um, Maggie even shot a reanimated lance rather than let Pamela get eaten by um, him and get her face ripped off. Uh, To dispatch the horde, our protagonist lured the walkers to the estates by blaring uh, a living colours cult of personality. um, Then blew up the whole place. Uh, The next day, Maggie told Negan... uh, We're going to definitely save that bit. I meant to put that in the next part. (laughs) Uh, Let me just move that down. Um. Yeah, so this is this is where the the, the sort of sniper scene that we saw uh, comes a bit more into place. Um, and they're sort of I like how they're actually like they're both sitting there, like in, instead of wrestling over, hey, no, I should shoot her, no, you should do it, no, I should do it, or something. They they sort of both just sit there. Um, yeah, we we saw a reanimated lance, which I don't. I was kind of fifty fifty on whether we'd actually see that or not. Um. It, the, I'll, I'll explain why. The, the scene made, the, the, there's a part of this scene that made me chuckle a little bit. Uh, the reason why is over on Bold Moves podcast, which they like to sort of... They don't take the show as seriously as other people. Still like certain parts of it, but they like to try to make fun of it a little bit. And they... they it's, it's Jim and Aaron over on Bold Move and they cover uh, this show as well. And... <laughs> um, they were talking about okay, so that the new variants and like doorknobs that they jiggle and um, 
and obviously yeah. you know, the, the, the smarter walkers and everything <laughs> and uh got to i was listening to the episode where lance dies uh which was what two th- three episodes ago or so and aaron um made a joke of like oh do you think we'll see uh lance jiggling any doorknobs <laughs> And then, um, <laughs> obviously, I listened to the podcast after the after the show comes out. And uh, as soon as, because he he was at a gate as well, which I don't know if it's got a, a knob on the thing, but it's still something that you could open. And he shows up because I had it in my mind of like, oh, he he might show up, but I'm not sure. And then he shows up at the gate, and he's like at the front. And I was like, if he shakes this gate, you know, actually tries to do the the, the jiggling of the doorknob. Um, it's the way they described it over on the Bollywood podcast, and um, like how how kind of funny that would be. Uh, so it kind of made me chuckle a little bit. So bit bit of a bold move inside joke that they had over there. Um, but uh, no, so yeah, uh, Maggie essentially stops Pamela from uh, taking her her own life. Which yeah, wondered what, what where they were gonna exactly go with that because you start to see right that. What was it? It was Mercer and Gabriel, and there was like Daryl and a few others who were like really, you know, talking her out of the of the situation and that, and saying, "Hey, we've kind of got the power and that sort of thing." Um, Daryl also says something like, "We're not the Walking Dead," as well. I, yes, if I recall, yes, which, is, which is cool. He actually mentions the title of the show in it. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. It's, I'm glad they managed to get that line in once. It's not something that they, you know, they, they, it's not something that they do very often. But you sort of feel like, you know, at least they managed to get it into the finale. I think because mm. I don't know whether it's ever being mentioned, like The Walking Dead has ever actually been mentioned as a line in the I show. Think Rick has said it before. I think there was a point Maybe. where he said, we, "We are the Walking Dead." So I suppose this is the reverse of that. We're not the Walking Dead. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but li- leading with with all that and like them them taking power over Pamela, um, which had gone a similar way to the book. But again, I'll get into that a bit more next time. Um, I was like, okay, where, where's the show gonna go with Pamela? And I didn't know if she'd die, if someone would shoot her, if, if she'd try and turn around and shoot somebody and she'd get shot or arrested. Um, so I didn't quite see the whole zombie. Um, you know, getting eaten by a zombie happened. So I'm I'm glad that didn't happen because it was interesting to keep uh, Pamela around. So um, <laughs> anyway, how, how did you think of how this all sort of played out? Yeah, I mean, I I like this. It's interesting from just from a structure point of view. Um, you know, when they make films or TV shows, generally the the structure is sort of Act One, Act Two, Act Three, coda, and mm-hmm. um this is essentially the end of act three and then there's like 20 minutes of coda at the end of it which yeah. i mean is is not uncommon when you're coming up to a finale i just it, you know but this is in essence the end of the story um yeah because all the stuff that comes after it is is tying up loose ends and and you know um what happens next and like what a happens. really long post credit scene yeah yeah exactly Marvel uh style you know, uh, and there's there's no nothing necessarily wrong with that, and, and it's just sort of interesting from a from a structure point of view of, uh, you know, if you're into your screenwriting and things. I thought that was that that was kind of in. Um, so yeah, there's there was that, but um, I I rather like their sort of solution to this of of you know they had cool music playing and like you know pouring 
you know, petrol all over the place and, and you know, flooding the sewers and, and blowing the whole place to smithereens. I, I rather like that. And then you've got that great shot of like everything blowing up at the end, you know. So, mm. I yeah, I that, that was great. Um, the fact that there was a reanimated lance in this scene, apparently, I'm just reading through some sort of background notes and stuff. Apparently, this is the only episode of of the 11th season where all the main cast are actually in the episode. Everybody that's listed huh. and a main cast yeah. in the credits are actually in the episode. And that's only because of the fact that they brought uh, reanimated Lance back because he's listed as one of the main cast members. So this is the only time that every single cast member was in one episode, uh, which makes sense. I mean, it's the finale. but yeah. I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, the decision to keep Pamela alive, mm, I mean, it's not like it's going to come back to bite them. She's fairly powerless on her own. You know, the only reason that she had any power was because she had this political control. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, You know, and it, it means that they are respecting a certain amount of law and order and not just mindlessly killing people as much as she probably deserved it, I think, at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, so I kind of like what they did there. I think that was uh, that all kind of worked out well. Um, yeah, her sort of trying to kill herself and, like, Maggie going, no, she's not getting out of it that easily. And you... You know, um, I yeah, I I I I like the way that they essentially ended this episode with them just blowing everything up, and I I thought that was that was a kind of cool uh, way of getting rid of that big horde, and you know, um, give gives a sort of bit of closure to to you know the the whole Commonwealth thing. I don't know how that played out in the books. I'm sure we'll cover that in the uh, roundup. Yeah, it's um, going to be very interesting to go through the ending of the show in the book because there's, uh, there's some interesting differences. Massive so, differences, yes. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because I haven't finished listening to Bold Moves' review of uh, the, the finale. I can't wait till I get to the, this, this land scene. They'll probably make a jiggling, jiggling doorknobs joke. Uh, so yes. there we go. <coughs> uh, the next day. Maggie told Negan that nope, she could never forgive him for what he did to Glenn, but I'm trying, she said, because I don't want to hate you anymore. Uh, and it says in other developments, Lydia was reunited with Elijah and Jerry with Nabila. So that's very, very nice indeed. Um, so yeah, this this is their kind of conversation. That's, that's the gist of the conversation, which is like, uh, I can't really forgive you, but I'm going to try to... Um, so by by the end of this conversation, and so we know, okay, that the three spin-off shows, one of them involves these two. There's still the questions as to like, okay, where's Annie going to be? Is she going to have had the child by that point? What's going to happen with Herschel? Because those are the other variable characters who are involved with these two. I feel with the, so with, with the Daryl spin-off, they set that up reasonably well. With the Rick and Michonne spin-off, they set that up reasonably well. Still questions about both things. Uh, but of course, that's what the episodes are for. With this Maggie Negan stuff, which has had the that that which which was the the one that made sort of the least sense because Daryl going off on his own to look for something. Okay, they've still got like questions about its its functionality, but makes a certain amount of sense. And like the way that they sent him off made made sense. 
the Rick and Michonne thing is like, okay, we haven't seen these characters for ages, so let's get back to them and figure out what they're doing. By the time their conversation is over here, this felt like more of, okay, we're not going to see each other again, goodbye. And, like, I think it's Maggie gets up, Maggie gets up, I think, walks away, and then you get a close-up of Negan, and he's sort of reflecting on their conversation. And then that's that's the last time we see the two of them together. Um, I think we we see them both individually afterwards, but that's their last conversation. So it still does leave with big questions of like, okay, how 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 does the the show happen? Because by by the time we finished the episode, I didn't have any questions about. Well, there's the, there's the there's the 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 logical question about okay, how does Daryl get to France? But that's a different thing because <laughs> uh, he's on his bike. And I remember um, Robert brought that up before in a Geek Town episode. Yes. Um, with the Rick and Michonne, there, there's more blatantly obvious reasons to do that show, because they've both been away for so long. But, um, like, it got to the end of this episode, it's like, okay, Daryl's show is relatively set up, Rick and Michonne's is, um, I don't feel like Maggie and Negan's is at all. In fact, it feels like they, well, we, it, it's, well, it's weird because we know they will see each other again but when you come away from the end of this episode it doesn't feel like they're going to let alone the setup of what the show is which is in a different location and we haven't seen the other two characters in any set photos and Maggie's got like this different sort of gothic look and like you know I, there, there's there's so many questions still left of that yeah. um, what, what do you think of how they handled I, I, I think this, you're right, in terms of the spin-offs, this was the most unclear of, you know, because, you know, we saw Daryl drive off in the distance, we got Rick and Michonne. Um, w- with this, it, it wasn't as clear because they didn't really establish where they ended up. But having read some of the background notes, although, you know, she's she's basically saying, she basically walks off at the end of this conversation and says, you know, I do want to forgive you. I don't want to wander around with this hatred anymore. Um, but it turns out that, I mean, Maggie goes back to Hilltop and rebuilds Hilltop and Negan goes with her to Hilltop. So they are both at Hilltop at the end, mm. end of this. Right. Um, um, so, whilst he's keeping a distance from her, that is where they both end up. Um, but I don't think that's made abundantly clear at the end of this. She doesn't. I don't think no. she she specifically says, "Hey, you can, you know, I I can't forgive you, but you can stay at Hilltop." I don't think she specifically says that. So, I, yeah, I, I think that's made that's not as clear. Um, but given that they're both in the same location, that does give them somewhere to pick up for whatever the you know the Dead City um, spin-off, you know, whatever the mission is that they're going off there. But yeah, they didn't specifically set that up. Not that that's necessarily a problem. They just need to be in the same sort of location. I mean, they didn't necessarily need to be in the same location. It, we don't know what the plot of Dead City is. So um, it could have been, you know... Maggie needs to go to Negan to help with something. Um, it could be that Negan needs to go to Maggie for help with something. And, you know, he could specifically, it may be something that specifically that person can help with. We don't know. So, um, but yeah, they didn't necessarily set any of that up, but I, they, they hinted at sort of their relationship being better than, than wanting the Maggie wanting to kill him. Um, 
which is where it had sort of been through most of this. So they made some strides towards that, but maybe it was it's not quite as clear as some of the others. Hmm. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, it's just even on their relationship side, like that's one element. But then it's like the two of you going off to Manhattan and inset photos. We've not seen any of the other two characters, and why does Maggie look so different? And um, like the set photos would almost tell you that, like, oh Herschel. I'm not saying he has died. I don't. We don't know, but it it gives the indication of like, oh Maggie, uh, Herschel died or something, and Maggie sort of, I don't know, went emo or something. Like she she went to, like some dark. <laughs> side um and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to put that as a trope towards people that dress like that if you want to dress like that it's, it's totally up to you i've got no problem it's just with, yeah. within within the the set of what they're it, it it's almost like the set photos are trying to tell you that they're like oh she decided to dress like really dark or i don't i don't know um but then if if annie also possibly died like why does like negan looks almost exactly the same so like what's I don't know. There's there's so many questions of uh, uh, to to do I mean, with this. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at some of the set photos. She doesn't look that emo in them. <laughs> in a couple of them, I saw she. In a couple of them, I saw she didn't, and then some others she she did. Um, so because she had like, I swear I saw a photo where she had like some makeup on and her hair was like really really short or something. So I don't know. Um, but uh, who's who's show running that? Do we know? It was supposed supposed to be. Was that supposed to be Angela Kang, or was she supposed to do the Daryl one? There was no, one that, I think she was one that she was supposed to do, but then she isn't anymore. So, yeah, I thought she was doing the Daryl one. Is Gimbal doing the? Um, let me look, see if I can see. Hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, Gimbal's the overlord of everything, anyway. Which so he's done well with that. He should just stick with that. So yeah, yeah. Um, it actually says who the showrunner is for for this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't actually see a showrunner for that. So yeah, I mean, Gimbal's the exec producer on it, and and so's Lauren and Jeffrey. Actually, are um, they both exec producers? Yes, they're both exec producers on oh. it as well. So cool. Uh, um, but yeah, the 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 ending of their scenes makes it almost seem like a like a like a goodbye. Not a sort of oh we'll see each other in Manhattan or something. Ah, yeah, it's... okay. Um, it's it's a guy called Eli John who was a consulting producer, co-exec producer on Walking Dead. Okay. Um, as long so, as it's somebody who's no, already worked on the show, I think that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, he also uh, he also worked on Heels as well as an exec producer on Heels, the Stephen Amell, Amell show. Oh, the wrestling thing is it? Yes, the wrestling yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah, that's on. What's what's it? I can't remember the name of the streaming service. It got renamed, didn't it? Uh, um, something plus. Yeah, it's on. Um, <laughs> something plus. <laughs> yeah, was it was it directly on Prime Video or was it on, it was on Stars Play? But then Stars Play got renamed. Oh, M- MGM Plus, isn't it? Something, I think. There's another one as well, like Lionsgate Plus. Oh, Lionsgate Plus. That's. Gate Plus, that's the one. What's MGM yeah, Plus? It's a stupid name. I don't know why they changed it from Stars Play. What's... No, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I, I might be thinking of. I think. I think it's yeah. Lionsgate, MGM, and Lionsgate are the same thing. No, MGM's got bought by. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think MGM Plus is a thing. I'm getting very confused. Yeah, yeah it's Lionsgate Plus. You're right. Yeah, too many streaming things with too many pluses. 
So, which yeah. actually started with PlayStation Plus. So, yeah. all right, let's move on from that. Uh, so that was uh, that that part of that. Um, we had we talked about the, the reunited uh, Lydia with Elijah, which was nice, and then Jerry with Nabila, which was very nice as well. At a feast, that was a perfect as uh, the season seven picnic during which we saw Glenn enjoying a future he didn't get. If we if we remember that, uh, Judith fed some scraps to the dog. Yay, dog's alive! And uh, Yumiko yes. and Magna kissed and made up, which was nice as well. I almost kind of did forget a little bit that they're a couple because the show hadn't really mentioned yes, it for, it for ages. Yeah. So. Um, but then I kind of remembered, and then they they had that, so that's very nice as well. And uh, Rosita was there. Uh, she confined in Gabriel uh, that she didn't have long um, after they said their goodbyes, and he took uh, Coco away. It was just Rosita and Eugene last two. I'm glad she smiled. It was you in the end, and this is her sort of laying on her bed. They take Coco away. I think Gabriel takes Coco away, um, and then they have a last conversation. And he uh, puts her down, so to speak. Um, I noticed a little, um, you know, she's kind of looking around and stuff. And uh, uh, when they go to the, the dinner table with uh, Rosita and Gabriel, she's kind of looking around. And Judith kind of notices something's up. She's like, oh, that's not a normal sort of... Something looks like is going on with, with them two. Um, and obviously everybody probably found out at the end. Um, and that was the... Uh, the end of the Rosita storyline. I again, in terms of deaths within this world, uh, within their world, um, you can't really get a better one than that. Uh, unless, yeah. well, as as going to say, unless you fall, a, unless you die in your sleep, but then you would turn into a walker. Um, but this was uh, this was about the best that she was going to get. You know, she gets a proper goodbye with everybody. Um, doesn't get ripped to pieces. Doesn't get like a you know throat ripped out or her arm pulled off or something. Um, it's just a unfortunate bite on, uh, yeah. on her shoulder. So, um, yeah, cause I was wondering about that. Like, okay. All right. Who's going to be like the last person in this room? And Gabriel got his nice goodbye. But as, as we mentioned a bit earlier, Eugene is the one that's known her the longest and that's not to, you know, put any of the other characters down, but she does have a very, very long history with him. Um, and I think that that kind of made sense. So, um, and again, do have my issues with Eugene as a character, but they weren't like a, a thing in this scene. It was it was a a, a perfectly good scene. Um, what do you think of Rosita's last scene here? Yeah, I think you're right. I think th- there is it was it was quite you know touching the way that it was done and peaceful. It's about the best way you can go out after having been bitten by a walker. You know, not be ripped to pieces, get to say goodbye to people. You know, friend is the one that has to put you down, you know, and that's obviously traumatic for them, but you know, they understand. And yeah, I think this is, this is the best goodbye you can possibly get really in, in, in this world, in these circumstances. So, Mm. you know, certainly. Um, do you think, well, see Eugene particularly, do you think the group is, the group must be used to, not that it makes it any easier, um, must be used to putting people down like this. Um, or at least like, I don't know, having to kill people off in this way. Not that they've done it like loads and loads and loads and loads of times, but they've done it a fair amount of times. But the mm-hmm. the, the, the specific element of sort of, because usually they position the character, and they did the same thing with Luke earlier, but it was just a different set of characters. Of like laid them down, turn the head to the other side, um, so you don't, you still stab them kind of, you know, in in the throat neck area, but not like front facing them. 
um, and then you turn the head the other way around and you and you uh, put them down from the from the back of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I would assume the group would be again not not that it would make it easier for Eugene, but he'd be potentially more used to doing something like that or at least seeing it happen. Um, do you think so? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yes used to it but it's one of those things that i don't think you ever probably get used to you know right um i mean still would be hard to do yeah they've been surrounded by death for a very long time and you know this is her friend and it's but at least there's some solace in the fact that she gets to pick her to a certain extent how she goes out and when she goes out you know um so i i think there is there is a certain amount of I mean, she knows she's dying. It's like when somebody has a terminal illness, you know, you know that they're not going to, they're not going to survive, but they, the best you can do is give them the best send off that you can and get people to say their goodbyes and, and organize things in a way that you know that the family are going to be safe and all that sort of thing. So, Mm. you know, I, I, I think, it was quite sweet the way that it was handled and and uh yeah i mean you know it's the best you're gonna get in this situation i think mm, certainly uh so that's the end of that part one year later so this is kind of almost the coda bit that you mentioned the very the very the, the very long post credit scene it's a, it's a coda to a coda yeah i mean that's that's the other thing it's got like three endings this show because you 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 have that's almost an ending sort of there and then you have the one year later ending and then you have the rick and michonne ending so mm, yeah that's what happens when you have like 30 characters yes so, but it's an ensemble show uh one year later we saw that eugene and max uh had a baby girl <coughs> uh called rosie um, I assume that's some sort of variant nickname of Rosita. That kind of I would think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah which is which is nice. Ezekiel, uh, who's still alive, survived the series. Uh, was now the governor of the Commonwealth. Mercer, his his lieutenant governor, and Carol, the new it says an improved uh, Lance. So she was in Lance's p- previous position, but obviously much better at what what he was doing. Negan yeah. uh, sent a package to Judith containing the compass uh, she'd let him use. He hoped it would help her find her dreams. And Daryl and Connie made small talk like pals and then nothing more uh, but we'll see Daryl again in a second um yeah as, I, as I'd mentioned a few times before you know unfortunately Melissa Carol had uh, dropped out of the Daryl series we'd wondered like okay are they gonna um, replace Carol with somebody else you've got a few different options Connie could have been one of them possibly um it does seem like well obviously the, the scene shows us that he goes off on his own doesn't mean somebody can't join him later but mm-hmm. uh, for, for now we see him go off on his own, which Daryl's always kind of been that lone is it is lone gunman yeah. the right the right phrase to use L- lone, yeah. lone hunt lone l- lone wolf lone wolf sort of thing yes um and you know he's open he's opened up more as the series has gone on and that sort of thing but we saw him go off on his own um I had hoped that maybe Connie would go with him but I thought it was you know ultimately unlikely um I like that you know Eugene and Max called their baby Rosie I thought that was quite nice um. And that the positions that people ended up in, so like you know, your your former king Ezekiel, uh, Mercer, the, the lieutenant, and everything, and Carol being in power, positions of power, yeah. I think all made sense. Was all very good. Um, Negan sending sending sent to Judith was was pretty good as well. Um, she'll presumably use that at some point. Um, and then yeah, Daryl and Connie having one last sort of um, small talk, friendly kind of uh, conversation. So. Um, 
I liked all these parts really. I thought they're all just yeah. nice little. This is where the series is getting to. Like, okay, we have like tons of characters. We can't all give them long stretched twenty minute, you know, endings because we haven't got that much time. But just give them little pieces of like this happened to this person. This happened to this person. This person's now in this position of power, and you know, me and you and we've talked about you know with a show that's ending, whether it be Game of Thrones or Walking Dead or whatever. Um, your two options with ending a show is you either kill off certain characters or you settle them to where you know that, okay, this person's going to be doing this thing. So, like, you know, what happens with Arya, let's say, in Game of Thrones, you know that she goes off to do something. Jon Snow gets put in this position. So-and-so gets put in that position. Um, so it was uh, it, it was nice to see, because we saw, like, okay, Rosita and Luke and a few others had died. Um, but like, what positions is everybody going to be kind of mm-hmm. settled into? And I thought uh, this was the start of that. I thought that they'd set up things pretty nicely. Uh, what do you think of these few little bits and pieces? Yeah, it's it's nice. It's a nice little touch that Eugene and Max have there. Have Rosie as the the baby. Ezekiel becoming governor of the of the Commonwealth makes perfect sense. You know, because he he liked the Commonwealth. He liked the people there. That he he was very attached to that place, you know, I mean, only as a sort of working thing, but the conversations with Negan has sort of had been need a purpose. And I think him being governor and being, you know, we know he can rule and we know he's, he's a very fair and kind guy. So it makes real sense that he ends up, as governor of the Commonwealth and Mercer is his lieutenant as well, you know, who's respected by the military side of the Commonwealth. So yeah, that, that all makes perfect sense. And Carol going into the sort of slightly murkier world of, uh, that Lance was occupying, but again, doing that better in, in her more sort of, you know, devious way, um, but moral way that Carol handles things compared to how Lance would handle things. Mm. I thought that was really nice. The Negan sending the package to Judith, I thought, was lovely because that was the compass with Judith had given Negan when he was seemingly quite lost. And it was sort of this interesting metaphor of of this will help guide you. And now he's sending it back, which also sort of points to Negan not feeling lost anymore, mm. which which I thought was a nice little thing. Um, and and also sort of you know hoping it will help her find her dreams and that sort of thing you know I thought that was a nice little touch and it also that is a nod back to to the uh, as I believe the relationship that Negan had with Carl in the comic books as well um, yeah, yeah you know so so I think that that was a nice little point and um, yeah the Daryl and Connie stuff I think the 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 issue with that I know there are people that were shipping those two and wanting the, it to be something more and all that sort of stuff and. Daryl, they needed to be able to remove him as a lone character. And if if he'd gone into a relationship in that year with Connie and then just vanished on her, that would have been slightly harder to take. So oh, I yeah. think yeah. leaving it as them just being friends and, you know, that that makes perfect sense as well. Uh, you know, I, that, I, I thought that was good. And, uh, you know, the next scene as well with him, with Carol, I thought was was really sweet. 
Absolutely. Uh, meanwhile, Carol attempted to say goodbye to Daryl, who was setting off on his own journey, hoping to find Rick and Michonne. It's not like we'll never see each other again, Daryl assured Carol, but still, you're my best friend, she told him. Before he rode off into the sunset, Judith promised to look after Dog and Carol and made sure he knew that uh, he had he, he deserved a happy ending to um so this is a scene sort of like this near a gate somewhere and uh he rides off on his bike um bit of a goodbye with judith um he does sit with carol for a little bit as well uh they're kind of the atlanta two i think they're called um the two Mm -hmm. characters that are left from the group uh still in the show from the group um so that was quite nice i felt the show probably knew that like okay we have to give daryl and carol one more sort of scene um so uh that was that was all quite nice and then we get a bit of a longer sort of shot thing with um uh daryl on his bike and he's he's uh he's riding yeah. off um yes we, they... we don't know if he'll get into another vehicle to get to france but he's, he's on his bike <laughs> <laughs> they literally ended the show with daryl riding off into the sunset which was <laughs> which i know is a bit cliche but i was rather worked i think with this yeah i don't know how she would have really done that though so yeah um, and then with his bike is such a signature thing so yeah that sort of made sense um, but yeah, those were uh, those, those were some of those parts. Anything you want to talk about? Yeah. No, I mean, I I I just liked again. This is the sort of second ending of the show, which um, I I like this. You know, we we see Daryl kind of ride off, and and that sets up his spin off. We know that Doug's safe. We know that Judy's safe. We know that Carol's safe. We you know we we know. Like like I said before, the ending of Game of Thrones, as as much as as problematic as that last season was, and you know maybe people didn't end up in the places you necessarily wanted them to. We did know where everybody was, yeah. and you know you knew that there were more stories you could tell with those characters, or you could leave them be. And I think this, but I think this sort of, you know, we know there are spin-offs coming. This sets things up of, you don't need to do more other than Daryl's gone off to look for Rick and Michonne. Um, you know, that's fine. We get that. We know he's got a show coming. We know he ends up in France somehow, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, that sets that up nicely. Uh, we know everybody else is, is settled and in reasonably safe places. I mean, you know, it's, we know who's in what group. We know where they are. Um, this, this lays everything out quite nicely and it also gives you characters that if they do want to kind of bring people in um we know where we can pick them up and you can you know move forward if you want to do more with some of these characters at a later date yeah yeah um see i know i've still got my reservations about certain things within the daryl show such as him being like on his own and how's that going to kind of work i'm glad there's at least a goal there um, yeah, we don't know how all of it will connect to what actually goes on in Rick and Michonne's thing, but at, at least there's there's more there because the way this was initially kind of pitched was just, oh, it's just going to be Daryl and Carol going off doing something, and it was like, okay, well, doing what? Because um, the the one kind of like annoying thing with Morgan was because this was what back in season uh, eight or nine or something. And mm-hmm. him saying to Rick, like, hey, I need, like, a clean break. I need to leave. When Morgan was saying to Rick about, like, hey, I need a break. I need to leave and all that kind of stuff. And all Morgan literally did was, like, hey, I'm going to leave your group, go off into the wilderness, and just ended up with another group in the same situation. 
Um, yeah. Granted, that was to put him into fear and probably promote that show more, but um, and it's worked out okay. But um, uh, and 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 it's fine if we if we do some of those crossovers. Obviously, you've got like um, what's his name, Dwight, who's who's gone over there. But um, just that that initial idea of like, oh, it's just going to be Darren Kell just doing something and it was like okay doing what messing about in the woods or something and then they at least have this uh searching yeah. for Rick and Michonne set up so at least there's a goal there and we know that I think all these three shows are well we don't know how many seasons they'll be but there's like a limited idea behind behind them um because I don't yeah. think I don't think with the three shows you'll get like 10 seasons of each of them like like with this one I think they're supposed to be a lot shorter um but at least with the three shows and with the Daryl one there's actual sort of like you know goals so to speak with with them um so we'll see how that goes uh, i still think the first one we're supposed to get is dead city in it that's the first one i believe so yes yeah are we, are we getting all three shows next year or um i'm not sure at the moment i i don't know whether they're spreading them out a bit more than that but i i think they're all filmed so we're all filming so maybe i i think the daryl one yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they've obviously they've done some of the, if not all of the Rick and Michonne one. Uh, they've certainly done some bits of it. So yeah. I don't know. I I don't know what order they're going in. But uh, Dead City is coming first. Right, because you've probably got another sixteen episodes of Fear, then another six episodes of Tales, um, and then because the initial first seasons of these three shows are what six episodes? I think. I think so. So um. They're not quite as calendar consuming as sixteen episodes, but um, I don't really want all three of them next year. I want may- one of them, may- maybe two of them. Um, mm-hmm. Depends how depends how it all goes. Depends, like I said, when they're ready and what sort of thing. So, um, last paragraph. Uh, as the series concluded, we glimpsed Tada, Rick and Michonne, both writing letters to Judith based on Michonne's attire. She'd fallen in with the group we saw her approaching in her last episode, which was so long ago. Uh, and he was wearing a CRM jacket and being apprehended by soldiers in a CRM helicopter. Uh, nonetheless, I will find him, Michonne told Judith, because I know he's trying to find us. Um, and then for like 30 times, they say... Um, was it we're the ones who lived or something like that? Yes, yeah, something like, like, like that. Like a very rapid montage of loads of characters saying we're the ones that lived. Yeah. Um, dozen questions. Um, not in terms of the functionality of their show. Their show makes sense. Rick and Michonne's one. But, um, and I'm assuming these questions will be answered in a thing. Because uh, initially they, they shot this. I like the way that they sort of twist messed about with it a bit. Initially they shot it as if like, they're right next to each other, like that. Mm-hmm. That sort of first, because there's a bit of their the close-ups of their faces. I was like, oh, they're sitting around a campfire, and I know they're still kind of separated. Um, I've got more questions about Rick's situation than Michonne's, because Michonne's is sort of we saw the last time she went off, and there was like a big crowd, there's a big group, and this is saying that like she assumedly joined with that, so she's probably joined that group to look for him. Uh, with him. Because last time we saw Rick, he was in a helicopter with Judith. Which, for those of you who haven't watched Well Beyond, that series answers a lot of questions. Not, not Judith. You don't mean Judith. Jadis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I wish it was a Judith. Um, yeah, he was in a helicopter with uh, with Jadis. Um, and 
she was saying he's an A or a B or whatever that is. Um, I don't know if anybody knows what that actually means, but um, yeah, we saw him last there. We know what happened to Jada based on World Beyond, like what point she's at, uh, which was which was a very good show. Um, uh, so yeah, like okay, how did he get from? And these aren't questions I'm moaning about. These are the questions I'm curious about, and you're supposed to be curious about. Is okay. How did he get from the helicopter to there? Why is he barefoot? <laughs> uh, well, where where yeah. where where is he? Um, and who is this? I don't know. Has he tried to run away from the group? And this helicopter's found him. He had to he had to ditch his shoes at some point for some reason. Um, and well, he's the, the, that. There, there are some hints of that in there because <clears throat> I, the, the way I read it is he's trying to escape the CRM. The CRM find him again. So he has been, he was designated B, wasn't he? Which is, is one of the, the sort of types that they use for experiments and stuff. And he's, he's described as conscript, isn't he? Or something like that. Or, or con, uh, I can't remember what they call him, but the, the 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 chopper sort of comes down and says something to him about um you know you've been captured you just know where to run sort of thing mm. um so yeah a consignee that's it. it's consignee grimes he's referred to um but he stood next to a boat and the boat is the same boat that virgil that virgil and michonne find his stuff on so um that's sort of ties into where that is because we don't know i mean exactly where the this is in the timeline you know but presumably we're going back to sort of prior to Michonne and Virgil finding that boat so that's that's the I mean it's going to be interesting because that show is going to probably jump around in time a bit I would think yeah um so uh so that that was where he was and that's where he got recaptured by the CRM which presumably escaped from um and you know the the bees are sort of people that are conscripted into the civic republic in some way so um yeah i mean given what he's wearing because he is wearing crm stuff so i i i assumed he just he'd escaped he's been trying to escape and it sounded from what they were saying like this isn't the first time he's tried to escape so it sounds like he's he's been trying to escape the crm and that's that's where he's been and then he's been recaptured again um the michonne side of thing was sort of interesting as well because she wasn't with the group that she'd sort of mm. left with. And she was in this kind of battle armor running towards a massive horde at the end of that, which was looking incredibly badass. So that was kind of cool as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's some interesting stuff in there. Definitely. Um, and gets me sort of interested for the, uh, for the spinoff show, which was of course the entire purpose of it. This actually wasn't the only ending that they pitched apparently there was another ending because they weren't sure whether they were going to be able to get um the rick and michonne into this in that way whether yeah. they were actually going to be able to film it and you know get the actors back and that sort of stuff 
so I don't have you heard about the other ending? Do you mean with the older characters or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there was another ending which was a time skip of ten years with which had a grown-up version of Judith R.J. Gracie uh, Socorro, I think is the other one, uh, and they're in a van looking for survivors to bring back to the community. And then on the radio, R.J. calls out, "If you can hear me, answer back. This is Rick Grimes." To which a survivor replies, "Hello. If you can hear me, answer back. This is Rick Grimes." Which is, you know, obviously our Rick rather than R.J. Right. Um, yeah. So that was that was the other alternate ending, and they apparently ended up ditching that because, uh, apart from the fact that they managed to get Andrew and um, uh, I've forgotten the actress's name, the one that plays um, d- yeah, deny. Yeah. They managed to get Andrew and deny both back, um, so they could shoot this anyway. But they also were kind of it's gonna would have been a bit weird to do that and have suddenly introduce a bunch of older kids that you would have had to have cast as an older RJ, an older Judith, and it not be Kaylee. And it, it's just all a bit weird. So I'm kind of glad that they decided not to go down that route. Because um, I don't think that would have been as strong. Yeah, yeah, but, no, uh, I, I, I agree. Um, I saw a photo of the... It was a picture of the four cast members standing next to a van or something. Um and although I don't really know who the actors were, I was like, uh, I, I'm glad they didn't go with that. As much as I've been saying I want like a next generation sort of type of show, I don't think that would have been the way to do it. I also just want them to keep, I know this is going to be, it's going to take some time to do it, but I want them to keep the actors that they've already got. Um, one of my, not really complaints about House of the Dragon, but I, I wish they had kept, um, was it Millie, Millie Alcock I think she's called? Yes. Uh, Renera. And I, there, there's been some talk as well with The Last of Us about like, okay, once they do the first game story, would they recast uh, Bella Ramsey? I think what we need to try to do, um, and they almost did do it with Carl, let these, and, and they're doing it with Stranger Things as well, let these actors, although they are quite young and that, let them age into that, just so you can get used to that that, that look of that character and, and everything. Yeah. Um, and although I've said in, in different scenarios before, that recasting is a good option, like with the whole Batwoman stuff and, and all that sort of thing. Even though Javisa Leslie was, was very good, it sort of the, the way that they did that story kind of they kind of messed it up. But um, that there's certain situations where recasting is a better option, and other options with younger characters, which is what we're talking about here, um, where like okay, Kaylee's what fourteen, fifteen or something. In a couple of years' time, she'll be eighteen or or whatever, um, and she'll be around. Chandler's age when when Carl was killed off, let her age into that part. Just like all the Stranger Things cast have done, you know, over the four yeah. seasons, um, and they're all like eighteen, twenty, or whatever they are now. Um, I think one of them's actually quite a bit older, but um, let let them do that because then you also let the actor grow into that role rather than just bam and you have a recast. Yeah. Because um, even though it did still work in House of the Dragon, um, with obviously that wasn't one character they recasted like a bunch of people um it kind of throws things off a little bit so um i I, mean i'm glad they didn't go with that yeah me me too and i'm kind of with you kaylee's been so good in that role and i mean of course she may not want to continue it but um if i i think it would make sense if she does want to continue into that part she is 15 now you're only talking, you know, 16, 17, 18, you're only talking three years before she, um, 
you know, before she ages into, you know, being an adult and you're not having to deal with child labor laws when you're, uh, you know, once, once they hit 18. Uh-huh. So it may even be 16. I mean, there may be more lax at 16 anyway, but you could then do a show with the, uh, with those original actors, uh, you know, in three, four years time. Mm. And, actually produced that sort of younger generation show that we were talking about which i mean we sort of got with world beyond but you want it with the original sort of legacy characters so the ones that you've been developing for the last like two three years yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so so you know um i think there is something in that and i think given the amount of shows that they've already got lined up waiting like three years two or three years to do that i don't think should be a huge shouldn't be a huge problem if they want to do that. I mean, you know, again, it comes down to whether Kaylee wants to carry on with this or whether she wants to move she, on and do something else. She, she may um, be one of those child actors that decides she doesn't want to do acting anymore. I mean, who knows? Yeah. So She could um, end up as the face of Walking Dead if she wanted to. Well, yeah, yeah. Sort of. I mean, uh, it's, that's quite possible uh, if, if that's what she wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that was... Yeah, the, the, there are possibilities there, certainly, mm. um, moving forward. So we'll, we'll see. But speaking of, um, of Carl, uh, <laughs> Chandler was in this episode. I heard about that, but I didn't see him. No, I didn't spot him either. But if you look carefully, go back and replay through the... the he's he's apparently a farmer in the background, I think, of, um, of Hilltop, I think it was. Um and they, uh, yeah, they, they, he apparently just um, surprised the cast and crew on the final day. So Greg Nicotero and Denise Huth were, were um, he were the two of the sort of producers and stuff. And the directors were basically said, well, how about you just go and stand in the background to feel tough? <laughs> stick a hat on you or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so Chandler was in that final episode in the background. I mean, not obviously playing Carl. He was playing a farmer. But, um, yeah, that means the only actors from the original pilot to appear in the final episode were um, Andrew Lincoln and Chandler Riggs, who were the only actors to be in the first and last episode, yeah. apparently. Daryl wasn't in the pilot, was he? I think he yeah, was in episode Darryl... three or something. No. Also, another interesting point was um, Rick gets the first and last zombie kill. Yeah, yeah. On the show good. as well. That was, that like was that. the other thing as well. I do like that. That's that's you know because they brought Rick back and he ends up kind of killing a random zombie, but he also ends up killing the first one on the show as well, which is you know during the car crash. So uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I thought that was a nice bit of sort of yeah. rounding. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good stuff, good stuff indeed. Uh, we have some feedback to get into, and then we've got some more stuff. The more stuff will come next week. I'll have to make some other notes and whatnot, and then I'll send them to you like I usually do. Uh, so next week will be your, i say last time, we'll, we will still be covering the spin-offs. Um, if we ever get to see Tales, I'm sure we'll talk about that in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, in terms of fear, I mean, fear is going to be its, its what, what it's going to be, so... Um, yeah, we still have the intention to cover the spin-offs um, and some other stuff. And, of course, there'll be other shows 
as well. But before we get to all that, of course, feedback. If you'd like to write in one more opportunity um, or for future Walking Dead stuff or whatever, uh, matthewdentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's contact page information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email in um, email name in your show notes as well. Jack writes in and says, uh, didn't like the finale. It felt rushed and very unsatisfying and just served as an ad for The Walking Dead's future. Shame we didn't get the Grimes reunion. Um, it's a shame you didn't enjoy it. Um, I mean, an episode of TV could always be better and could always be worse. Um, you know, we've talked, if we're going to target an area, we've talked about, like, maybe Walking Dead's production value, that sort of thing, before. But we've both said we thought this episode was good. Um, it was a bit, like I kind of said earlier, it was a bit of a sort of, I mean, you know, if you want to call it an ad for Walking Dead's future, it was kind of that, but, you know, most of us went in, into this episode knowing, okay, uh, Rick and Michonne should be here, and they should show that, and Daryl's got to leave at some point, and all that sort of thing, so you did have to kind of have some of that, and even from my viewpoint, I thought they should have done more with the Maggie Negan stuff, and now we'll have to wait for, for that show. But, uh, yeah, I, I read some other things about, like, people said the the episode felt a bit rushed, um, a little bit unsatisfying. I mean, we did get a longer episode. I mean, one of the interesting things when we got to the last two was, okay, these episodes have been about 45 minutes. How are you going to wrap this thing up in 90 minutes? But it got, what, another 20 minutes on top of that? Um, but, no, I, I thought that they, they, they settled the characters where they needed to be um and set up the the, the sort of future um but you know it's fine with if we if we disagree with jack that's the whole point of the conversation um the grams reunion thing um again a long time ago i had read that that was something that was supposed to happen but i i sort of you know pin, pinch of salt type of thing um the the minimum that we i think expected is what we got which was okay at, at least show rick and emma shown and show us roughly where they are because um, in terms of like, okay, finish the episode, set all the characters, kill a couple of characters off, and then set up what we're doing in the future, bring Rick and Michonne back, have a reunion with everybody, and have them have a conversation. I, I don't think there was, at least in this individual episode, there wasn't time for all of that. Because um, if you're talking about, like, bring Rick and Michonne back and have a big reunion, not just with RJ and Judith, but with everybody, that's probably... How long would you say it would take? Another 10, 15 minutes, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, if you, if you think about that, oh, I was going to see Eugene, and then Mercer, and then Ezekiel, and explain who Mercer is, and what's happened with... You know, there would mm-hmm. just be too many things to do. Um, but I, I thought they did well with... In regards to the Rick and Michonne stuff, um, I mean, we, we do still want that Grimes reunion, but I, I thought that they... With the time they had left, um, I, I thought they handled it pretty well. What do you think of uh, Jack's comments here? Yeah, I mean, I sort of with you, really, I I was satisfied with how it ended. I mean, I think the problem with any finale is it's always going to feel a bit rushed. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's difficult when you've got so many characters um, t- to craft something that is going to be completely satisfying for everybody because there are always things that you're going to want to know a bit more about and you're going to want to see, you know, more of exactly how the setup is in Alexandria, exactly how the setup is in Hilltop, you know, regarding the Grimes reunion, I'm kind of glad they didn't put that in here because I think that then takes away from 
the inevitable ending of the Rick and Michonne series. Which, I mean, if they don't have the Grand Reunion at the end of that, then that's problematic. Yeah, but yeah. You sort of... Yeah, that, that I think, needs to happen there rather than here. Because the other issue, is apart from the fact that, like you say, if, like it, it would add another 10 minutes to the episode of sort of, you know, why, how is he back and all that sort of stuff, unless you just had him sort of wandering and, like they cut it but then that's unsatisfying mm. as well that feels like a just so, a, like an actual cliffhanger yeah so it, it's it is one of those things that i think they handled it probably the best way that they could i don't think you know yes it's sort of a trailer that they end on for the rick and michonne series but i think had rich suddenly turned up at the end of this that would have led to a whole bunch more questions that they aren't ready to answer yet. And um, yes, it would have been nice to see, but I think knowing that we've got the Rick and Michonne series coming, you sort of need to wait until after that's happened before you see that big reunion come in. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay with them not doing it here. <laughs> Um, at this point because um, the other thing as well is with them showing up at that moment you're uh, and they've you know it's a one year time jump if they show up at that moment that rather restricts and gives you a limit on what you can do on the Rick and Michonne series because we don't know how long that's going to run for we don't know whether that's just going to be six episodes and done or whether that's going to be running over a number of years and if it's going to be running for the next three years do you, you you've then you know what are you doing in terms of like are, is, is that going to be three years of tv time as well um or is mm, it going to be yeah. kind of three months or you know and if it's it, it gives you a sort of you know well they have to be back by this point at this date at this place so it gives you an end point which maybe they didn't want to do either it reduces your flexibility as what you can do with the spin-offs so i i kind of get why they didn't want to do that yeah yeah a bit of a we can't really answer this right now but a bit of a future question is okay fear will do what it's doing tales will do what it's doing right those are almost like separate entities once you do, and like you said, it could be a couple of seasons for each. We don't know how long it will all take, but it's all going to kick off in 2023. So you start with Dead City, then you go with one of the other shows, then the other one, because assumedly you rotate those and whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you are finished with that, um, obviously you've got questions of like, okay, what happens to Daryl after that? What happens to Maggie and Negan? What happens to Rick and Michonne? What happens to you know Judith and RJ and everybody else? Um, my next point of like curiosity is okay. Once you've done those, which is still probably a couple of years worth of content, so maybe like twenty twenty five or I don't know something like that. Um, closer to when like you know the event, the next Avengers films come out. Um, once you've done that, what is what is your next thing? Um, I suppose we're in that point at the moment of like okay, our next. If you think about it in like a Marvel sense, our next phase of things is these three shows and then Fear and Tales. But, like, I'm almost already curious as to, like, okay, your next phase after that, once those bits are finished, because um, they're supposed to be shorter shows and all that, 
Um, what are you doing then? Because I'm assuming that all those was it six characters, five, yeah, five characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably keep them all alive. I don't imagine Maggie, Negan, Daryl, or uh, uh, Rick and Michonne or Carol um, will probably die. I, I don't imagine that they will. Um, what do you do with them after that? But we can't really answer that question for a couple of years yet. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Becky writes in and says, uh, "Do you remember the guy who helped Michonne and was in the creepy uh, episode with Connie? What happened to him? Also, still no Heath." Um, so yeah, Becky, Becky's asking here about, uh, I suppose, missing characters. Because one one of the things we said when Luke came back is like, "Oh, cool, Luke's back. Heath is kind of the only sort of missing person because we we know roughly where where everybody else is." Um, this was the guy you mentioned a minute ago, wasn't it? With the boat, Virgil. Virgil. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was. He got. Didn't he get stabbed? And then I don't remember him dying. And I think they had, they had the hurricane episode. Judith and I, uh, no, I, he's he's not he's not dead as far as we know. His status is rather unknown. Yeah, because um, he he turned up at because he he turned up at the he was in um, the hurricane episode. Yeah, he was in the hurricane episode, um, and. Yeah, he's after the storm in Alexandria, most and you know the group moving to the Commonwealth. He's not seen or mentioned or um, seen in the year later time jump either. So, uh-huh. and he's not shown living at the Commonwealth either, nor is he seen around Alexandria. So we don't actually know what happened to him. He may be somewhere in the background in Alexandria. Um, he may still be kicking around. We don't know. Uh, at the moment, so mm-hmm. um, do you do you think it makes a little bit of sense to maybe have him meet up with Michonne because that was his initial connection to the show? Well, possibly. I mean, I, who knows? Finds out where Michonne is somehow, possibly. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it may be a character that pops back up again at some point. I mean, he is still alive, as far mm-hmm. as we're aware. Heath, of course, is is an entirely different um, kettle of fish because I mean, he vanished seasons ago and we still i mean there is a possibility he could show up as somewhere in the crm because it's possible he was snatched there yeah, or... helicopter could have spotted him don't know yeah um so uh, i mean again we don't know there are those, those are sort of two characters I think those are the only know. two yeah uh, that, that particularly stick out that we don't know about mm-hmm. i think everybody else is dead or accounted for yeah. Um. So and we know where Luke is. So. Yes. Yeah. So Vir- Virgil and Heath. There's a spin-off for, for AMC. I'm sure that will do very well. Um, yeah. Some people. Some people probably don't remember those two characters, especially Heath. Um. So. Yeah. And lastly, uh, Harrison writes in says, "Looking forward to your uh, Walking Dead coverage in the future. Which of the three shows are you most looking forward to?" And then I I looked up about uh tails' viewing figures obviously we don't know the amc plus numbers um because when did it end a couple of months ago tails mm-hmm. i think something like that i think that aired in but be- was it in between better Call soul and this half of walking dead if i remember because we me, me and you went from better Call soul uh then walking Dead and game of threat or house of dragon came out we did a um what was it uh house of dragon ended a little bit earlier them this Walking Dead season, so we covered that, but we covered Better Call Saul before that. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I think Tales aired in because it's only six episodes. It wasn't like a big ten episode, sixteen episode thing. Um, on the so I, th- I thought I'd look up because like we we kept saying and people kept mentioning like what what's this Tales show and some people hadn't seen it or hadn't even heard of it, didn't know it existed. Um, so look it up on on Wikipedia, which you can look up some uh, other TV ratings and stuff. Again, this doesn't include AMC Plus. Um, I've wrote down a kind of an average over the six episodes. It showed three hundred to five hundred thousand viewers. I don't know if that's just live numbers or on demand or people that record the episodes, but that those are the numbers that I got. And based on people that have heard of the show and people that might have watched it, because um, you'll you'll have like your you know hardcore Walking Dead fans that are fully tuned into everything, and you know like like me and you, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll know when when things are airing and stuff. I'm assuming that's like a small group of that people. Because um, even with like Walking Dead's audience, it was still what 1.5 million or around that. So that's like. Well, I mean, The Walking Dead, like I say, the people that decry the death of The Walking Dead, uh, not taking into consideration the AMC Plus. Yeah. And the AMC for the. They haven't specifically said, but. According to Nielsen, who are the ratings people that track these sort of things, which aren't necessarily entirely accurate, but they can say that um, the uh, Nielsen Live Plus three-day data had the series finale averaging 3.1 million, which is up 36% from the penultimate episode. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's still drawing a lot and it's drawing a lot in a young audience as well i mean that that audience is all sort of um up 75 percent in the sort of 18 to to 49 crowd and up 53 percent in the 25 to 54 crowd so that that's pretty decent numbers and as we've said before it's still the biggest show on amc so yeah also if the walking dead was dying we wouldn't have the upcoming spin-off shows. Exactly. They would yes. have. They would have just had this as the finale, and I don't know how they would have worked it all out. But we yeah. wouldn't. We wouldn't have fear. We wouldn't have tales. We wouldn't have the other the other spin-offs. It just it it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't work like that. Yeah. So the the finale episode was the most watched episode on the AMC Plus platform since it launched in October 2020. So yeah, I mean, oh, that's a bit newer than I thought it was. Yes. That's yeah. that. I I didn't realize it was quite that new. I think maybe they had a streaming service thing before then, before it officially became AMC Plus. Mm. But yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, since it became AMC Plus, it's been the most watched episode on the platform of anything on the platform. So you know, I mean, the numbers are healthy for them, and they do talk about the fact that The Walking Dead is a massive driving thing for amc plus so you know because they release the episodes a week early as well yeah yeah which does annoy me but still (laughs) um what do you think of the again these are just rough numbers i hunted down for tales what did what do you make of make of those the tales numbers are low i mean even by live number standards i would say that's quite low um so, I mean, it wasn't very well promoted. It's not been even shown abroad, which, I mean, this comes down to, if you look at all the AMC shows, most of the AMC shows aren't being shown anywhere else right now. You know, Fear gets 
does air on the AMC channel in the UK, but that's a six people that have that, so you know that's no use to anybody. They do also sell it to Prime as well, so it goes on to Prime later. Although the latest season's been very much delayed, and uh, you can buy it directly from Amazon. Um, you can buy a season box set, which is what I did. But you, uh, the the in terms of the other shows, the newer shows, um, we've not got UK broadcaster for Dead City, for the Rick and Michonne spin-off, but we've also not got broadcasters for uh, Interview with the Vampire, Mayfair Witches, any of the other big AMC shows. And there is some suggestion that they may be launching AMC Plus internationally. And so if they do that which would make sense because if you can put like all the walking dead stuff on there including this now it's finished you know um and all the new walking dead stuff and interview and the mayfair witches which is their other i mean that's the other thing they're building up as a do with the Anne rice verse um that could be a very big driver. It, you know, depends how they handle it. If, if it's like £5 a month, which I suspect is what it will probably go for, because that's what a lot of the additional channels on um, Prime go for. Um, if it's that sort of price, I think, and you can get the episodes a week early, that I think might be quite, mm-hmm. you know, popular as yeah. a sort of, you know, as a UK thing for certainly for Walking Dead fans. The, that's the week thing, early thing, is it? Because we can't do that because we don't have AMC Plus. That's interesting though because, um, I, I would say the majority of people, um, that kind of watch TV do, do watch mo- mostly through streaming. There are still people that watch like certain, you know, cable channels or whatever. That's a bit more of an American mm-hmm. thing at at the moment. But the whole thing of like, it's an interesting little way to do it. Like, oh, you can get this uh, episode a week early. If you launch this in the UK and you've already got it in the US, and let's say you set let's say you set an air date for Dead City, and it's like I don't know seventh of March or something, but then um, they say, hey, it, it, let's say that they launch the and this is why hypothetical, but let's just say that they launch AMC Plus in the UK, and let let's say we get that episode a, a week early, and the US do, that would then mean that the US cable, so the AMC channel that the cable channel they'd get the episode technically a week late which would be interesting yes so huh yeah kind of i mean funny how and, that would and, work yeah and there's no but there's no guarantee that um if we got amc plus in the uk whether it, they would release it right, a week right early, that's I said, or whether we, that. yeah 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 exactly there's no guarantee we would get it early um because that's what they do in the US to draw the US audience, but they have an AMC channel, whereas over here we don't. It's just if they're trying to consolidate all the AMC content into one place, which, again, we don't know whether this is what is happening, but, it, I mean, it, things point to that, but yeah, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been making noises about launching AMC, interna- AMC Plus internationally, which would make perfect sense because mm-hmm. at the moment they those shows aren't anywhere. So. Yeah, so... Uh, which uh, which of the shows are we most looking forward to? I'm most looking forward to Rick and Michonne, I think. Maybe it's just because we haven't seen those characters for so long, and Rick is a great character, and so is Michonne, and we have lots of questions, which is what the show mm-hmm. is for. Um, I'm curious. Um, see, the Daryl one is like, okay, we'll see, you know, how that ties in with the F- France um, variant thing, or what's going to go on with that. 
the, the Maggie Negan one is like, okay, how does this actually happen? And then the Rick and Michonne is like, okay, we have an actual kind of a storyline idea and things this could definitely tie into. And it's about two of the main, like the arguably the two main characters, Rick and Michonne. Um, plus it's it's Rick coming back, which is which is massive. So I'm I'm most looking forward to that. So I was I was excited. I still kind of been looking forward to it. I was at the time the most excited for Tales just because of the potential with that. But I suppose with just the the, the delay and everything, and not really there's not really anything out there for it at the moment. There's nothing sort of raising my enthusiasm do you know what i mean like there's no mm-hmm. sort of like hey get excited for this because i mean we don't even know where it is so um wh- which one are you most looking forward to um difficult yes i'm looking forward to rick and michonne and because we've actually seen some footage of that as well because i mean essentially the last bit of the main show was a trailer but so yes i am looking forward to that i i am looking forward to the other two actually because the sort of the whole daryl going to france and that expanding the world outside of america and also it it points to the um zombie variations being more a bigger part of that show as well so I I I think that actually has a lot of interesting potential and I like um Maggie and I like Negan a lot. So I am sort of looking to forward to that as well. So I, difficult to sort of say. I mean ultimately though I I think there is probably the Rick and Michonne thing probably tops it, but it's very close actually. I am actually quite looking forward to all three. Mm. Yeah, they've got different driving reasons behind them. So, mm-hmm. I think. Um, what were they going to do? Do you think they'll have? Because uh, we've not really had had uh, other than the Connie. Um, what do you call it? Sign language, which you've had to have like subtitles with. I wonder. Hmm. What they'll do with the if it is going to be in? It's supposed to be in France with the Daryl. If you're going to have people with French accents or French characters with subtitles, or if you'll just have. American you may have characters a... and just ignore that it's in France. I don't know. I you probably have a mix of both. I would have thought because <clears throat> um, it's going to be. I mean, I don't know how Daryl's French is, but I suspect, given his educational background, it's probably not. That would um, be interesting. Daryl starts speaking French. Yeah, it's it, it probably. I, I imagine his French isn't that much up to scratch. So, I suspect you're going to have French accents speaking English for a lot of it, but you flipping back into French as well so i mm. i think in in some ways like uh war of the worlds does that yes quite a lot that's Great very example. much multi-language series um so i i think you're probably going to get some of that going on i would think mm. with that show yeah or just american characters as well so. <laughs> yeah yeah Cool. Uh, that's what we got for you for this episode. Um, we'll be back next week with a series wrap up, not a franchise wrap up, far from a franchise wrap up, but a series wrap up for the main Walking Dead show. Uh, going to get into some comic book comparisons. Going to talk about the ending of both the show and the comic book because I'll be able to detail those things uh, and some other bits and pieces as well. Um, there was an alternate ending that Robert Kirkman was going to write for the Walking Dead comic book. I'll, I'll talk about all that. Uh, character deaths differences and our, our last kind of thoughts on the walking dead so join us next week for that david thank you for very much for joining me for this this long episode on the uh series finale thank you very much for that You're very welcome um and uh 
yeah, that, that's it for the moment. So in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, May Night podcasts. Take a look out for all those. If you want to support us in other ways, uh, tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find us. Uh, so whether they're Walking Dead fans or whatever the case may be, just tell them about our content, either by just telling them or using social media. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers. Add free podcast review options. Have a look at that as well. Um, David, what's going on with Geek Town at the moment? Well, Geek Town has has been having a little bit of a break in terms of the uh, the main podcast. Although we are going to be back next week. The big thing we're launching, of course, is because it's December is the Geek Town Awards, which we do every year, which gives visitors the opportunity to vote on their favorite games and tv shows and films of the last 12 months that will be launching uh early in december which i mean we're recording this on the 30th of november so i mean basically tomorrow uh, that that will launch it will launch late tomorrow because we're also recording the launch podcast for that as well um so it will go up after we've recorded the launch pod- podcast because that's when we make the final decisions about what is going and staying on the list and stuff so uh, that will be going up tomorrow and you'll be able to go to geektown.co.uk forward slash awards and uh, vote on your favourite things. And that enters you into the Geek Town um, Awards giveaway, which is a huge big box of geeky stuff that uh, if you're in the UK and um uh uk northern ireland so uh anywhere in those those regions and you're over the age of 12 you can enter into the competition and uh be in with a chance of winning a whole bunch of geeky bits and pieces and uh there's there's lots of stuff i haven't put the prize picture up yet but there is lots of stuff going into that box it is a giant box of things that you can win uh for that so that will be launching um tomorrow at some point um on the main site, there is, of course, all the UK air dates. There's news going up as well. The main Geek Town radio show will be back, I hope, on Monday as well, which I haven't spoken to Matt about yet, but hopefully that will be up on Monday. Uh, so, we'll be, uh, so we'll be back to doing normal shows for the rest of December as well, and then we'll be on our Christmas break, which will be a couple of weeks, and then we'll be back in January as well. So Geek Town radio has been a bit all over the place. There are some interview podcasts that went up as well. In the meantime, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, um, we I interviewed um, Claire Lim, who, if you've ever been to an MCM Comic Con or pretty much any Comic Con in the UK, you know her as We Claire. Uh, I interviewed her because she's presenting at um, various things. She's at Wales Comic Con this weekend, which I am also at this weekend, which has a Walking Dead panel, um, which she will be presenting and I will be recording, hopefully. So uh, we'll be uh, putting up videos from Wales Comic Con at the weekend as well. I also did an interview with one of the editors of Cobra Kai as well a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that is also up on the behind the scenes feed, which is the just the main geek town radio feed uh you'll get those um episodes as well and uh that was really interesting the cobra kai editor and um and yeah claire was lovely to talk to as well so there's uh, lots and lots of stuff for that all up on the website you can go and find that at geektown.co.uk and the podcast you can find wherever you get your podcast just search for geek town radio excellent so go and check all that out geek town radio geektown.co.uk and as david said in the there's only like one main itunes feed and that's got all the uh episodes that you'll need 
for that um so yeah geektown.co.uk geektown radio for other stuff uh, and people you can go and find bex over on twitch and of course various, various other platforms trista b-y-t-e-s as for her different streams uh chat game retro streams and other things as well me over on twitch etalk uk and youtube entertainment talk plays i put up a few god of war things uh this week as well uh, some of them are marked as spoilers because, well, spoilery things are happening in the clips, but uh, those are some of those. Uh, so yeah, if you want our video game stuff, um, for the Last of Us one Part 1 playthrough that I was doing, I'm going to bring that back in the new year, because that's also when the show comes out, so that'll be a good time for that. Uh, but yes, eTalk UK on Twitch and YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next week for the wrap-up. Goodbye. Bye! Ahem. <clears throat>